no, this guy hands me a wrench. And he's like, no, like, let's get it off of there. It's 3.30 in the morning. We're in this neighborhood. It's pouring rain. This car is completely trashed. And I'm sitting here beating the front bumper off of this poor immigrant's Uber car. <laughs> Pure lunacy. I'm loading the meat. 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 I'm anything about the products i don't i obviously don't take them um this guy over here stefano does right you take them which one do you take you don't what do you mean you don't obviously you you don't need wow um i'm just sorry guys i'm i kind of lost my train of thought i'm just really more impressed that he's he actually got laid um if you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor Unloading Meat. Now back to the show. All right, guys. My next guest is my new old pal that I feel like I've known forever. That's a direct quote from this next guest. Please welcome Grant Wilson. What's up, Grant? Hello. Welcome, Not man. a lot, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you, man. Thank it's you for exciting. making the trip out. Absolutely. A little bit of a drive, but it was fun. Yeah. So, gives me some time to cruise around. See the scenery. Yeah, man. There was like a, a toilet in the front seat in the front yard of one of the houses down the road from here. <laughs> that's, so that's just Oklahoma for uh, you, man. Yeah, that's all that is. I'm from Sepulpa, and it's the same shit over there. Yeah. So nothing new. Yeah. Same to obesity, same. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So, man, uh, uh, let's start this off. How long have you been a comedian? How long have you been doing this? Oh, boy. Like four and a half months now i started writing for it about a year ago at this okay. point um whenever i still lived in california after i got out of the kicked out of the military oh, okay <laughs> um i you know was working at a job that i didn't really like and started thinking about doing it and i was just terrified though you know like a lot of people are yeah. which is normal yeah and but whenever i decided that i wanted to move back here i told my fiance i was like you know at some point whether you got to drag me by my hair or something you have to make me go up on stage and i'll probably hate it i might regret it but you know if i have fun then maybe it'll be a new hobby sure that i can enjoy and so i mean i wrote for months on end and finally was like I guess I'll go to an open mic. And then I started, <laughs> my dumb ass doesn't check social media because that's not my first instinct. I'm like, just Google it. Yeah. And so I was like, comedy open mics, and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, well, this is useless. So yeah. I was like, I guess I'll just give up on that right away. And my fiance is like, no, you got to find something. And I found one on Facebook that was the Hunt Club yeah. open mic. And I went up there for my first time and was about to shit my pants, you know, it was just absolutely <laughs> terrified. Um, but went up there and 
it wasn't good, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I mean, they, they rarely are the first time you go it, up. <laughs> yeah, and I I thought it was, you know, in my head I was like, this seems like it'll be okay, and I think okay was a bit of an overstatement. You know? <laughs> I was, yeah, it was wasn't good, but um, I had fun. You know, it was exciting. That's the important part, man. And, yeah, have fun on there. If it you're having was, fun on there, yeah, it was an exciting thing to do, and. I hadn't really you felt it. Yeah, it was just a new thing that I was trying and that I felt like I could possibly be good at. Um, and that was late November. Okay. And of tw- of twenty twenty two, last year. Okay. Yeah, last year, and I did one like actual show uh, a month or two ago at Rose Lounge. And that was, I was one of the guests. Like, I only went up and did, like, four or five minutes. Yeah. But it was so exciting. It was so cool, you know, and to actually, like, get paid and have people that were there, like, actually laughing. And it wasn't just a bunch of other comedians that are just sitting there staring at you. I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome yeah the first time you get a crowd that is not just other comedians working on their sets at open mics and barely paying attention it's a big difference yeah <laughs> absolutely and that's not just shitting on other comedians no not the, at all the other people that are at the bar don't give a fuck either no like, yeah. uh, there's 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 a big difference between open mics and showcase shows or shows in general i, I forget um, who tweeted that but somebody or uh, put that on facebook I think that, that somebody put I think, uh facebook. little miss ng i think she shout yeah. out little miss ng she yeah. did that uh missy i love you to death she's uh, the best. yeah like yeah she put out that out that out there and she's not wrong at all like there's different aspects to the shows there's different crowds everything about that is different and i don't know open mics for me are just to try out new shit and it's a lot of comedians working on their stuff and again they're not paying attention all the time because they're working on their stuff because they're getting ready to go next yeah exactly so like their attentions are not you know they're split yeah so absolutely. You're and, kinda... that, and i don't want to sound like i know a lot about no. going to shows yeah. either because i've only done the one like the new fresh face show that we're doing i'm a complete newbie one. i'm a complete newbie too yeah so but it's exciting to have people there that are like they want to laugh yeah like, that's what they're there for yes like, that's the difference yeah they don't, they don't have anything to pay attention yeah. to because they're just there to watch the show and have yeah. probably been asked to stay off their phone anyway i mean that's so. honestly why that's i had no intentions of ever doing anything with that footage from the looney bin yeah. like that was just me throwing up the camera while i went up to the looney bin and did it yeah. And just because that crowd was all there for a show of comedy and like it was a great response, great interaction back and forth. I got tags from the audience and I still put it in my set today. Yeah. Just from that one crowd. And it was such a great experience. I was like, I got to use this footage. It came out well. Yeah, absolutely. And that was me trying out that set for the first time. And I, it, the last, right when we were getting ready to go up, or not actually, this is a different one. Um, as we were all getting up, there's some people that signed up. She said, Hey, we're going to cut everybody to four minutes. So I had to shave off a minute of my set. Yeah. So that was only a four minute set, and the first time I even did it, and because of that crowd, I just felt that it was really good. So I put it up. Yeah. Um. And so I truly do feel a crowd can make or break everything. Yeah, for sure. I mean, whenever you said they told you you had to shave a minute, how did that? How did that make you feel? Because um, that that happened to be a couple of weeks ago, and that really I was like. <sighs> I, I'm glad you bring it up. Uh. So. I tried out comedy like 15 years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. I did 
to sets open. I've talked in that past, but I, I basically had something happen and I gave up comedy for like 15 years. Okay. 14 years actually at the time. Um, last year around November or December, Katie Styles was hosting an open mic at Tulsa Comedy Club, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try to see if I can still do this. I'm gonna go out there just do it. Yeah. And I created a five minute set and went out there and did it, and it wasn't great. It wasn't horrible, but I got the jitters out. And I was like, yeah, I still like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was like I said, December or November around that time, and then at that show. I was one of the last three people to go up. And that, right before I was getting ready to go up, she gets a note from the, the Tulsa Comedy Club saying we're short on time. And she goes, hey, the last three comedians, I'm sort of, unfortunately only get four minutes. Coming up next, Jared Ralphie Allen. Oh, so you didn't get time to feel anything That was my about first it. time back in 14 years. And at that time, I got cut off a minute as I'm like basically walking up to the stage and stuff. And like, I have like 30 uh, seconds or so to cut, like, kind of cut that shit off. And it didn't go well. But it didn't go horribly, but at least I got the jitters out. And yeah. that made me, A, get the jitters out, but also it kind of gave me a learning lesson of, like, okay, try to write my stuff in bits of uh, chunks of, like, minute, 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 or minute, two minutes, minute, yeah. and then, like, try to figure out shit where I can expand or shrink it. And I just kind of – it changed my way of writing in my notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it made it to where when I did that Looney Bin set, it wasn't that hard to shave off that minute because I was already prepared. Yeah, absolutely. I just had to take out some adjectives, take out some expansions. Um, if I was doing some, uh, uh, what do you call it? Metaphor or examples of something else, kind of like a Family Guy does a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut out like one or two of those examples. Just use one. You just like, cut down seconds yeah. at a time. Yeah, and you get it down to where it needs to be. Exactly. Um. So, but again, that that first open mic where you know it was like you got to figure it out as you're walking to the stage kind of shit. That really was a good learning experience for me, and it kind of helped me a lot. So yeah, I. <laughs> I liked I didn't mind it. Yeah, that's nice to hear because yeah. I it didn't make it happens. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It didn't make I wasn't like upset, like yeah. mad about it, but I was just like, oh, no. Yeah, because like, I had part of how I write my stuff, which has been up until like the last two weeks where you said you were writing in bits. That's yeah. how I'd like explain how I just just started writing. Yeah, because prior to that, like when I was saying the example of them cutting it to four minutes, I had just memorized it as an entire set. Yeah. And the second they said that, my mind went into panic mode. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think this is going to work. Like, I can't figure this out. I've got to re-memorize basically the whole thing. Yeah. And that's problematic because anything can happen. Yeah. You know, they can add time. They can come up to you and be like, hey, I need you to do extra time or cut you short. And if you can't do that, that's... Not great. Well, so. and then the other time thing that I had personally, just again, I've only done a handful of times since I started yeah. full time in January again. Like, yeah. January was when I was like, okay, Roscoe had some open mics at Tulsa Comedy Club. I went out and I was like, okay, I'm going to make this a thing. Yeah. And I had such a great experience that it set up this podcast, it set up the experience of everything. And then I got my first showcase in February. Uh, and it just kind of, everything's gone. I've gone full. Bore into comedy since January. Yeah, you've really invested into it. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, I was about set, to yeah. say, yeah. <laughs> given this set, and yeah, everything, with the set and everything. Yeah, I, I'm going for broke now. We got to make Absolutely, this work. Absolutely, <laughs> bro. All in. Uh, yeah, we're all in. Uh, but yeah, like ever since then, I've really tried to take notes, try to figure out where I can manage my stuff, and try to dial in how I write. Uh, how I write personally is just I have the notes app on my phone. 
And anytime I'm driving or anything, I think of a funny anecdote, I find like a funny joke, I just voice text it in my notes app and leave it. Yeah. And then I give it like 48 hours or so, then I'll look at it. If it's still funny, I think I'll try to work with it. If not, I delete it. Yeah. And then all I do when it's time for like a show day or I'm leading up to a show is I'll just grab those bits, paste them all into a new note, and then I'll just work on segues. Okay. And that's how I try to work on a five minutes. And then if I can get something out of that, I'll take it over to my main stuff. And I just kind of go like that, and I kind of chip it away, chip it away, chip it away. And that's why, for me personally now, all my bits are kind of where I can kind of shrink them or expand them because that's kind of how I work. Yeah, because they were a bit longer in the first place to begin with. Exactly. So you just throw it back in yeah, there and, and it makes it longer. And that's just how I've done my style personally. Yeah. Um, And I'm not saying it's perfect or anything like that. Just for me, it works. No, absolutely. I mean, for me, it's... I have random just rants in my mind that i yeah. go on that a lot of the time my fiance is subject to and you can tell that she's just sitting there like are you done yet just like <laughs> eyes glazed over like you've been ranting for the past 45 minutes about yeah. just something that's complete lunacy and i'll end those rants and then just go and i have a notebook and i just tear through those things just with random thoughts yeah and whenever i'm not smoked out of my mind (laughs) or not pissed off from work or whatever i'll go and just sift through those yeah and try to find whatever i think is funny in them yeah you know and like it was funny because i was flipping back through there the other day and I saw I had written something about Trump looking like a oversized, um, an oversized Oompa Loompa looking ass motherfucker, <laughs> and I was like, "Damn, I was really not feeling Trump that day. Like that's crazy." So it's funny to flip back through the notes, yeah, you know, and see like what my state of mind was at that point in yeah. time, um, and try to find the funny where that is, yeah. Uh, I'm not great with one-liners, you know, like just coming up with quick stuff right off the dot, but whenever I'm writing, I think I have just funny thoughts that I'm able to pick up on some of the stuff that I have written down in my thoughts. Yeah. That's how it usually goes for me, if that's understandable at all. Yeah, it is. It is. And I I love hearing different people's takes on it. I mean, we both said we're both new to this. Yeah. Um, part of the show is getting everybody <laughs> in here, not only to give them a spotlight, but also like I love picking people's brains. Uh, one of my favorite things about comedy and stand up are the open mics and workshopping shit. Yeah, I love workshopping. I love racking people's brains and like, hey, here's this joke. Oh, let's punch it up. Let's figure this out. You should do it like this or something like that. Like, not to be like controlling or anything. I just love the creative process. I think it's fun. Yeah, one of my um, one of my favorite things that I get excited for is working with new material. Yeah. Whenever I'm sober enough to remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a big issue, but um whenever I have that new material and I've workshopped it at my house, I've messaged friends about it, you know, I've gone to open mics or not gone to open mics yet. Yeah. Like it's going to be at an open mic. That gets me excited whenever I'm like I've got this new stuff. I feel like it's going to do well, and when it does do well, and then you're like, okay, awesome. So that's another thing that I can add to the list of stuff that I have that's decent and usable, you know. And it's also kind of fun whenever it doesn't work, because then it's like, well, I thought that was funny, but I guess it wasn't. (laughs) Let's, 
and I mean, sometimes you have to completely abandon it. And, like, oh yeah. You ask you ask several people, and they're like, "No, that's <coughs> not funny." What makes you think that was funny? And it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. But well, and then also you gotta like me personally. Uh, there's things that like if they don't work at the open mic, I'll still keep them on the. I don't delete them, but I'll keep them for a different crowd as a trial. Yeah. Like I try different jokes, multiple d- different crowds, to see if I truly want to get rid of it or it's working yeah. just on that crowd. Because there's been things, and like honestly, like. I eventually want to get better a lot at crowd working. And oh, um, that's something I'm not great at. <laughs> I want to, so I'm still learning when and where to do it as far yeah. as who's going to be okay with it. I'm, I, I know you said that you're not the type of comedian that wants to do like the one liners or the, the quick off the top of your head kind of yeah. stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, whereas me personally, I excel at the roast stuff. Yeah. And like just thinking off the top of my head and like, uh, it just spontaneity sometimes really works well with my comedy sometimes, yeah. and so I really want to embrace the crowd working, the roasting aspects, just having fun with the audience kind of shit. It's hard to do that sometimes, personally, in open mic situations. Sometimes when you don't know who's listening, who's not paying attention, or who's going to be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, so I will say, trying to get in front of more real crowds, quote unquote, yeah, has been uh the better experience for me yeah well, just trying to test out that kind of shit absolutely and, and again this part might be cut out or something like that i'm not trying to offend anybody in the whole comedy scene or anything like that <laughs> no no not at I all i love everybody it's just you know what i mean it's, it's 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 a different animal absolutely and that's the thing is like i say that i don't like the quick one-liners you're trying to come up with stuff off the top of my head but i haven't like really had a crowd where i felt like I've I've only done one show, you yeah. know. So the, the most of it's been open mics where, like you said, you're trying to discern like, are these people even gonna? <laughs> if I ask someone a question, are they even gonna look at me? Have you or... open mic at Looney Bin? No, that's the only one that even on an open mic feels like a live crowd there for comedy because they do their open mics before their paid shows. Oh, so you're opening basically for the opener and the headliner. Of the people there. So they open the doors at like 7 and the bar's there. Everybody gets their drinks and then they go into the thing. Mm -hmm. And there's full food and stuff like that. And then they say, hey, you're going to have open mics here before the show starts. And so that crowd's paid for comedy and drinking and everything. They are the best crowd I've ever had for an open mic because it's not comedians. Yeah, that's incredible. So um, they have rules. They have uh, things. And it's like some people are like. Hey, you know, open mic shouldn't have so many rules and all that shit. I w- used to be like that, but I understand why they do it from a business point. They don't trust anybody yet. Oh, yeah. So they're giving a live mic to a stranger. So they're just like, hey, try to keep it clean. Try to keep this, uh, you know, under five minutes or less. Yeah. They're trying to see who they can build trust with. And if you do a good set there and you do it under their rules, eventually you could be a spot there and you can curse as much as you want because the headliners should swear it's, it's a dirty show yeah they just have those rules just to try to weed out the people that are just gonna go out there and do like racist rants and shit that's the only reason they have it <laughs> well and see i had i had heard that it was a mic that had you had to be clean yeah and i was wondering i was like i wonder why that is because i know for a fact like every night of the week there's like yeah. dirty shows there yeah so that doesn't really make sense yeah. to me, but that I didn't That's think about why. the fact that you just handed a mic to a paying, yeah, like and customers when, to and, a stranger, and then they're also doing their open mic before the paid shows. So yeah. the, all those people are just are they're they're just comedy fans. They're yeah. just guests. 
So you're handing a live mic to a stranger for five minutes just to do whatever the fuck they want. So yeah, they're gonna have rules before that. So it all makes sense now. Yeah. Um, and then they have things like if you go out the week before, if there's and you try to go up the next week, sometimes they'll cut you because you've done it two weeks in a row because there's so many people. Yeah. But they well, also they also said like for me like I I live in Bartlesville, so they're like hey if you're driving an hour out of the way call us beforehand and we'll put you on the list. That's nice. So like. They're trying to run it like a business and stuff, and honestly, it's the best crowd I've had out of all the open mics, hands down. That's why I recorded my set there. I had, like I said, I had no intention of yeah. putting that up and anybody even seeing it. But that it just crowd did it so well. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had a pegging joke about my my ex wife having a lightsaber up my ass, and a fucking dude <laughs> in the crowd goes, "This is the way." And it, it was such a good tag that's now in my set. Like everything about oh, that night was perfect. Man. Like. I, I can't. I'm gonna go back again. Like, yeah. And that's the difference between a bar doing an open mic, yeah, and a comedy club having an open mic before a, a comedy headliner. It's a big difference for sure. So I would recommend go out there every Wednesday. I know they have like I try to do now on Wednesdays. They have Tulsa. They have Looney Ben at six thirty or whatever. Hunt Club and then Starlight. So on Wednesdays you can do technically do three if you wanted to. Yeah, that's I see. I didn't. Really, I thought that they only did the Looney Bin one at certain times, and I was always looking yeah. on Facebook and not looking at the right time. Yeah. I guess. Um, when do they do those? Wednesdays. Um, every Wednesday. They should be doing them every Wednesday. Okay. Um, um, and I think it's like six thirty or sign up at six thirty or something like that. It's on if you go to the Looney Bin Tulsa, they 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 have their web their Facebook. Okay. Uh, everything in the Tulsa County scene is done through Facebook. It's weird. Well, that was the very first open mic that I ever went to. Um, shout out to Jesse Willett. He, uh, after I got off the stage, he told me to like follow like several of these different pages. Yeah. And the second I followed those, I was like, oh, there's like actual open mics around here. Yeah. Like I had no idea beforehand. Because it's Oklahoma and we're still rednecks at heart. So everything goes by fucking Facebook. <laughs> everything sprouts from yeah, Facebook and is the it, truth from there. Absolutely, man. That's <laughs> like it's uh, the propaganda station, dude. bro. Like, I, I, honestly, before I did the start of this year, I had my Instagram going, my Twitter going, and I've been contacting different people through, like, you know, wrestling and stuff like that. Yep. And I had a Facebook for personal stuff, but I had it was on the back burner. I did not consider Facebook anything. And then I went to an open mic, and like you said, they're like, "Hey, join comedy rejects, join yeah. stand up comedy dude, mics, and stuff crazy. like that." And like all of a sudden, it's like, oh. Everybody's a fucking Facebook here. What the fuck? You, it's like 2012. Yeah, <laughs> Facebook Reels was popping. You start yeah. posting stuff on Facebook. Your yeah. followers go up, and you're like, "Where did Instagram and Twitter go?" Yeah, that's. I don't even have an Instagram anymore. It's completely gone. Twitter yeah. is basically in the dark. All that I barely use is yeah. Facebook. You know, so well, it's, it's like like even if you go further south, like I'm not sure. Do you know who Chelsea uh, Chelsea Lynn is? Chelsea Lynn's a bigger, she has a famous uh, character named like Tammy. It's like a redneck lady she does on TikTok and like Twitter. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, 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 she's an yeah, Oklahoma yeah, comedian. Yeah. Yes. Very famous. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 I actually saw a while back like an ad on Facebook or something for her like on tour or yeah. something. I know like she's blowing about. up now. She's doing really good. Yeah. And like she still has most of her stuff through Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And like there's been times where I'm like, hey, and like she'll be like, hey, honey. And she'll, she'll, she'll like say, hey, I need stuff like that. Like she actually does through Facebook a That's lot of awesome. outreach to her, her fans and stuff like that. So like, yeah, even further south, the comedians down there, they're still, everybody uses fucking Facebook and comedy for some reason. Yeah, man, it's absolutely insane. I feel like there's a lot of the YouTube, uh, are those reels as well, or YouTube shorts? Shorts. shorts. Yeah. 
feel like everybody's got their own branding on it. Everybody has their own brand. Everybody's got the videos. But I like I like shorts because yeah. I'm a I like YouTube far more than I like Facebook. Yeah, I just. I mean, that's I I mean, hardly we're, we're a YouTube Facebook. channel, guys. I know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we've got video. Um, and Spotify. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to have ads soon, right? Yeah. Blue Chew? Hopefully. <laughs> I don't need it. <laughs> Not yet. So, was she a hooker? Or prostitute? Sex worker. I'm not trying to shame. I'm just more curious... She wasn't? You went on a date? How the fuck are you getting laid? And how the fuck are you not needing a company like Blue Chew? Who, coincidentally, is not sponsoring today's episode of Unloading Meat. But they could be. They could be. If you're tired of these fake ads, make sure to reach out to your favorite sponsors like Blue Chew and tell them to sponsor this show. Now, back to the episode. No, hopefully not for a while. (laughs) Uh, I actually, uh, I disqualified, I disqualified, I just qualified for, uh, sponsored ads through Spotify. Did you? Yeah. We already hit like over like a thousand listeners on our episodes. Really? Yeah. So that, so there's like a, a listener gate that you have to get past. Yeah. You have to get, get like so many hours listened to in a month. So many people like separate accounts listening to you in a month. And then you have to have like a thousand listeners at a time like of your entire channel or something like that there's so much criteria okay and then that unlocks you to what they call ambassador ads where you can record record like hey guys hope you're listening to spot us on spotify we love it here on spotify here okay and then you can do that and then what they're doing right now is it's gonna take up like a month or so they're sending my brand out to sponsors and be like hey who wants to be in these 30 second spots so they're gonna start like marketing you to yeah Manscaped and Blue hopefully, Chew yeah, and better help. Yeah, I was gonna say, you've got the I see your keyboard and your mouse over there. Do you play games on this computer? I don't on this computer. I, uh, I need a new graphics card because I only have like a 1060 in it. Mm. Uh, the peasant, shit. yeah, <laughs> but uh, I have my PS5 over there, and that's what I game on right now. Oh, yeah, uh, I have no problem PC gaming. Like, I used to be really big into WoW and Overwatch and oh, yeah. stuff like that. Um, I still play Overwatch over here. Overwatch 2 now, it's just still the same fucking game. I hate how they fucking named that. I fucking hate how Blizzard did that shit. They did that and then made you pay for all the skins, man. Yeah. They don't hand them out anymore. And now it's a battle pass. Yep. Everything's a battle pass now. No more gambling in the game. Everything's Fortnite. Yes. Fortnite took over everything. I mean... And I hate it. Props to them, though, for revolutionizing... <laughs> I mean, I will say Epic it's does get back. It's a hell of a brand. Ep- I mean, I mean, Epic's Unreal Engine shit that they're doing for game developers and shit is pretty fucking cool. I saw that this past week. That is like, incredibly interesting. The, am- the amount of shit that you can make in there and then just, like, give back to the community and get paid for it, like, it's pretty impressive. Like, it's like 80% or something like that, uh, royalties they get back or something like that. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to be able to develop, like, whole-ass video games. Yeah. It. So that's completely insane. And then, like... Anything that's in like the Unreal Engine or Fortnite engine that's like in their library, it's just free to use. Like it's just there. Yeah. So that's like millions all the of things. assets, yeah, and animations, all that stuff. Yeah. It's just there to create your own shit, and then eventually, like honestly, the way I look at it is like you could use that to do a beta test of like what your world would look like or whatever. They put all you know the props and stuff in there, and then do your own assets and replace it, with, yeah. you know, piece by piece. Yeah, and so I don't know all that much about. Game development the, stuff, yeah. The development side, but yeah. I, I'm super excited to see what people make in it because yeah. it's going to be cool as fuck. Yeah, it really is. Uh, 
I mean, it does make Fortnite basically the just the commercial now for all their engine and stuff. So every time Fortnite's like, hey, now you can crouch. Hey, now you can slide. They're just advertising shit that you can put in that fucking that game can, engine. Yeah, that they're going <laughs> to be able to is. see in, like 50 new video games that come out in the next five years. Also, know? do you want this Red Stormtrooper this month? <laughs> yes, exactly. Pay $12. Gotta advertise or V bucks, V bucks. It's V bucks. It's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not money. It's V bucks. V bucks. You're just gambling yeah. for V bucks. Whatever. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, you gotta all have your hobby. I mean, I was into Fortnite for a while, but the way I looked at it justified my price on like the stuff I was buying was like, I could either spend sixty bucks on a new game and it's done in twelve hours, or I can spend 60, sixty bucks here and buy the skins I'm actually playing with right now. I just looked and at it as a budget it thing. I played. I did it like a budget thing. Like, okay. I'm going to spend money on Fortnite, so I'm not going to buy this brand new AAA game that came out this month. Yeah. I'm going to, you know, just, just spend it like that. That's kind of how I looked at it and justified it and rationalized the yeah, fucking waste yeah, of money. No, it's completely fair. Uh, but that's just how I did it. I mean, the same thing with WoW. I played WoW for like 12 years, and I have so much shit in there and secret skins and like BlizzCon shit. <laughs> like, and then I haven't played that game in like five years now. Yeah. That's, I never got into Fortnite. I tried it. That's why I like taking time to get good at things yeah. except for Fortnite. it always i i tried it a couple times yeah. and was bad at it and i was like this isn't worth my time i'm i'm over it i, I hate building shit it drives I, me crazy well the new the, I, I, play I know no build. i know people say that and it's yeah. okay it's okay i mean i haven't played Fortnite but, in like since in like two seasons almost a year almost okay like, i gave up on it because i got bored yeah um the no build enticed me to come back because i was like yeah i sucked at building and it was a lot like, if you don't devote hours into learning how to get your fucking th macros down and shit like that, it can be insane when you have, you come up against a guy that can just fucking build giant towers in Well, seconds. I was going to say, it always drove me crazy whenever someone would be running. There's a skill gap. Yeah, they'd be running through a field, like, just out in the middle of nowhere, and you're like, oh, this is an easy kill. Yeah. You shoot them, and then they build a castle. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's bullshit. Yeah. I'm not happy about that. And this. then you just got killed because they're like, oh, a challenger has arrived. Yes, exactly. They treat it like a duel. And yeah. I'm like, I'm just trying to have fun, man. Yeah. And I can't. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, like, the no build got me back for a bit. And it was fun, and it really leveled the play playing field for a while because it was really more about like how far you can jump and slide and stuff like that. And that's yeah. it became more a shooter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Me and but, my little brother and my fiance and his fiance have both. Uh, we play that sometimes together. It's it's fun, but but I'm more of a story game guy. Like I want to go back and sit down and relax. Like I I love the Last of Us games. I love anything. I'm I'm a PlayStation guy, so like same. anything story games. Uh, I'm replaying Last of Us Part One now. I re I bought the PS5 edition, okay, because I finished this, the the show again. Or, or I I played the game back in 2013, like on the PS3. Yeah, same. Um, it's still one of my all time favorite games. Yes, it's absolutely. Um, how'd you feel about the show? Did you watch the show? I did. I just finished it. I refuse to watch shows that come out, and whenever they, Weekly. whenever I see a new show, I'm excited about it, and then I see that they're going to release it like sequentially yeah. in the weeks, and I'm like. It's bullshit. Just wait for it all. I'm once. gonna wait. And my little brother, everybody's like, "You gotta watch it. You gotta watch it." And I'm like, "No." Yeah. Because then I'm just gonna be anxious, like after yeah. I finish it, and not be able to watch the next episode, and I hate that. Uh, so I finished it like two weeks ago, or whenever it was that it finished. I liked it. I thought it was incredible. I thought it was the, probably the best video game act adaptation I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. Um, which honestly, I gotta give. It's hard to say that and give it full credit, considering that if you've played the game, the game is already a movie. Oh, it, it's absolutely. it's framed and, and it, the entire game is acted out with actors, and it's a freaking video game movie. Yes. So, transitioning that to film was not that hard as far as like 
taking it scene for scene as some no, of the others. It's not, it's not as hard as like taking Super Mario, making it live action. We know they tried with that. <laughs> it didn't go well. No, no. John Leguizamo is Luigi. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Did you ever watch that movie? I've seen clips of it. Oh, Dennis Hopper as Koopa or as uh, uh, Bowser or King Koopa. Yes, I don't know if I want to <laughs> sit down and waste time watching. That. Um, Yoshi looks like an off-brand like Ninja Turtle from like those suits in the nineties. It's fucking gross. Oh, man. And slimy, and, like, they jump with these, like, rocket boots that makes the Mario jump. It sounds like it's, it's really It's pretty rough. good. It's Bob Hoskins yeah. <laughs> as Mario. John Leguizamo is Luigi. John Leguizamo is and they're, man. And they're in, like, these, like, because uh, they, 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 this movie really, like, took it as, these are plumbers. Oh, with wrenches so and everything. Were, they oh, were legit no. plumbers that get sucked in from like New York to this alternate world with dinosaur people and Koopa people. And it's like this like cyberpunk kind of like they went full in. They went the full in a fantasy of side of it. And it's just too like Latino ish, Italian ish plumbers with uh, wrenches and everything. Yoshi and Princess that's Peach. Yo- that's that's Yoshi. Just, that's a Velociraptor. <laughs> yes, Yoshi. What on earth? I mean, he is. Isn't he supposed to be a dinosaur technically? Yeah. So I mean, it, it just it, it canonically tracks, I guess. This is Dennis Hopper as Bowser. Jesus Christ! And then, oh yeah, here's the minions. You got a rocket launcher <laughs> and Gene Simmons' tongue. Like it's in his hair, man. Like it's. Whoa, 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 whoa! Go. Click on the what on earth is that thing? Those are the little Koopa guys, like the the guys of the game, like the little henchmen, the little poopy guys that you jump on top of. Yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's pure nightmare fuel. Like, it's freaking creepy, man. No, I don't. It's an acid that. trip watching that movie, man. I don't like all that. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. That movie bombed. Is, yeah. it, is it a good acid trip or a bad acid trip bad. watching that movie? Like, it's, well, yeah, it's a bad acid trip. Like, fuck, man. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that does. That looks like it'll make you think about some things when you yeah. watch it. <laughs> who's your favorite comedian? Ooh. Like, top comedian. Who? What? Who's your favorite comedian? You can be now or just who inspired you? Right now, I love Tim Dillon. Tim, Tim Dillon. Shout Tim out. Dillon. Yeah. Shout out to Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon is funny as fuck, man. Agreed. I got to go and see him in Oklahoma City um, around a month ago. Um, my fiance got us tickets for Valentine's Day, I believe it was, and got to go down there and see him for like an hour. I forget the name of the kid that opened for him, but it was one of his friends from New York. Um, really funny guy killed it for like 30 minutes and then tim went up for like an hour and just murdered it was awesome to watch i've just rant or is it the prepared stuff or was it yeah like- no it was mostly prepared stuff but it's funny because i like religiously listen to his podcast yeah. as well so like i and on most it seems of what his podcast is is just him ranting yeah and so it's funny to hear him have prepared jokes like from just podcast rantings. Yeah. So I'm like, that was really cool to see, but I mean, just, I could hardly think I was laughing so fucking hard. Well, dude. it was, it's, it's awesome that you bring up Tim Dillon because he was a huge inspiration for this show. As far as like 
so this show took a couple years to build and get the the brand up and like trying to figure out where it was and what it the identity of the show was and like it started from covid because i was like i want to like uh some of my biggest inspirations were like during covid were like bert and tom for like two bears stuff like that and like bobby lee's a huge inspiration for me the tiger belly stuff like that love bobby man and especially because bobby has like some like sexual trauma in the back in his back backstory stuff like that and like i can relate to that because like i had some sexual assault when i was younger and stuff like that so like seeing how that shaped his comedy is kind of influential to me personally absolutely um but during covid you had all these comedians that needed an outlet they were trapped they couldn't do anything so a lot of them turned more into their podcasts yeah and started building them up yes big and started just really putting in an effort to it. Because sometimes comedians do podcasts and it's just, hey, I'm a comedian. I have to have a podcast. And you can really tell the ones that are just doing it as a psychic. They have no interest in it. Yeah. And those usually don't get the best. Yeah. Or do the no, best. I mean, because you're not putting the effort into yeah. it that you would if you actually loved doing it. Yeah. And then there's some that are just truly love the podcast game. It's a different animal. And there's a, there's a certain craft to it and art to it. Just like they're a stand up. Yeah. And I could tell the ones that were really going into that. And that influenced me. And Tim Dillon's one of them. Yeah. As far as like his show, man, like for a while there, it was like, okay, I'm trapped in COVID. I have to do this alone because I couldn't get any friends to even come in here over here and want to be on camera. Yeah. At one point, I even had a roommate, one of my best friends, and he was like, refused to be on camera. Like, just would not help ever. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I have no idea who I'm going to bounce like, I off of. I just need you to be a guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I was like, okay, well, then I hired Stefano. I found him on Craigslist, and like, we kind of bonded over COVID because like he was scared to come out or anything like that. Um, I'm to the point, I was. At certain points, I have panic attacks, and crowds would do it for me. Yeah. There's even times where I, like, in the stellar dweller, I have to get out. Like, I'm claustrophobic. Oh, well, that's a bad place yes. to be, dude. So, Just like, even that staircase, yes. you start tweaking out. So, like, that mixed with me having panic attacks with, like, anxiety attacks with crowds and stuff like that. Like, the last time I tried karaoke a year in COVID, I had a panic attack signing up just because of the crowd. Oh, yeah. Like, that's how bad I was, and now I do stand-up. Like, but weed had really turned me around. Like, that's why I'm slow puffing throughout the day. Yeah. Um, weed gets just me through my stand up. It just yeah. keeps me mellow. And I don't drink uh, during my sets because I'll forget my shit. Like, kind of like you talked about, like, uh, that could influence your sets and shit like that. Yeah, dude. I can I can drink a little bit, but the second I start smoking, my mind is just like, what were you thinking about? I'm the opposite. <laughs> if I drink even a white claw, uh, my set just go out of the door. And I'm just like. <sighs> You like, like I don't I'm remember just, anything. Yeah, I'm just I'm the spacey. I'm drunk because yeah. I'm a light drunk. Like it's funny, like two white claws, and I'm like, woo! I'm hey, feeling good. Yeah. I mean, that's how I was at the roast yesterday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, shout out to Joe and Castro for getting married and having me on the roast. That was awesome. Hell that was yeah. a fun time having that roast. Uh, but anyway, uh, weed really mellows me out, gets me going through the chillness of, especially at the cellar because it's a cramped place, yeah. and I love it. It's a great venue. I love everything about it. It seems like Coke gets most people through that place. <laughs> you see the mirror in that yeah. bathroom, dude? That's insane. Yeah. Uh, you lick that thing, you would OD. I had so many jokes based on that, the Coke jokes. Um, uh, uh, I tried to make one a few weeks ago, really? but I was way too high to be up there. And I was just like, uh, and yeah, bombed. But I said, you know, uh, if I wanted to watch Cocaine Bear, I'd just watch half the comedians go to that fucking bathroom over there. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Trash was saying something about there was a kid that like popped his head out of the bathroom whenever yeah. he was there like a couple weeks ago, and he was like, "I just tried cocaine for the first yep. time." <laughs> it's like, dang, kid, keep it down. Well, it's like uh, I told I did a set or one time because this is a true story. I was like, the night I did my showcase, if you ever have to worry or wonder if people are doing coke back there, 
I met Roscoe, and Roscoe came out of the bathroom with three other dudes, saw me, walked up to me, kissed me on the forehead, and goes, I love you, and walked away. Like, I bet you do. And I was like, yep. Some things are going on. Either they just got blown, or they did some blow. And no ladies followed them out of the no, bathroom. No, yeah. just three dudes <laughs> looking like less sexy fucking three stooges. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I said, I said they look like the three stooges without sex appeal. Oh my god, that's awesome. But like, oh, getting back to uh, Looney Bin, the rules. Uh, no cocaine in the bathrooms. Well, the rules on where to swear and where not to swear. I was getting into my head. That led to me crafting because, like, sometimes having some rules or some constraints allows the creativity to figure out how to get around them or found it like it allows your creativity to flow yeah. around those restrictions sometimes yeah so like i had some jokes like that and uh i talk about cocaine i didn't know if they would like me talking about coke or saying the word cocaine on stage at looney bin i didn't i did in hindsight it's fine it probably wouldn't be fine yeah but like i didn't know where that it's was questionable yeah but that led to my closer now being a more tame version of the original joke and mm-hmm. it works better yeah. Because, like, I'll go, like, uh, I usually go, uh, anyway, know where the bathrooms are? Uh, we got to watch out for all the cocaine, you know, users and stuff like that, or get around the, co- the coke heads. I changed that to, uh, it's a public safety announcement. Does everybody know where the bathrooms are? We got to watch out for the, uh, oh, what is it? Um, Eric Clapton fans. And then people are like, get it? And I'm like, ah, that's awesome. And I then I go, uh, she's all mine. She's all mine. She's all mine. And everybody starts singing along with it. And I go, fentanyl. <laughs> But I wouldn't have crafted that. The modern that day version, if you hadn't if had I to hadn't get around res- cocaine. Yes. Yeah. Like, that's where the creativity happened. And, yeah. like, I don't know, man. Like, I try to not be one of those guys that's like, fuck this, man. I can't stand this rule. Or, fuck this. I'm not going to do this because of this. Yeah. I'm more like, huh. Let's find a way to get around it. What can I do with this? Yeah. Like, try to figure it out. Try to have fun. At the end of the day, I'm going to have fun. You said it the first time you went up there, you had fun. Yeah. That's what like, it's about. And so that's what I'm learning, man, is like what I'm trying to keep in mind every time I go up now personally is take them on a roller coaster ride of energy. Yeah. That's the most important thing is energy. Keep the energy up. Keep them up. Know when to dip. And if you're going to dip, do it intentionally. Yeah. If you're going to have low points, get a high point after it. You know, yeah. craft it. Second thing, remember to have fun because fuck everybody else. <laughs> And you having fun will generally result in them having fun yes, with you. Yes, because the moment they think that you're not having fun, you're scared, you're anxious, or you're not into your stuff, or you're not confident in it, they will eat you the fuck alive. Yeah, they're not going to laugh at you. No. <laughs> if you're scared of the material, they're going to be like, okay, well, that's not great. Yeah. If you're not confident in it. Uh, I mean, that's and again, we're all newbies, so but that's just personally my motto when I go up on stage. I take a hit of my pen, and I'm just like, have fun, fuck it all, keep the energy up. Yeah. And that's my little chant I do myself before I walk up. Yeah. And that was like how you were talking about writing in bits. Yeah. Like how I started doing it now is I've just got like, I've got what I have written. Yeah. But then I take just a word from that. Oh, it's good. I had it perfect. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Um, I'll take like just a word from like a whole paragraph or a rant that I had. Yeah. And I'll just write it on my hand and I'll be like, okay, that's about a minute. Yeah. And just do that. So if like you were saying, somebody takes a minute out, then you can just do away with that. Yeah. And just have like sequential amounts of time. Sequential. 
<laughs> my brain's scrambling. It's all right. You've got like one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute, five minute, and it's all done in bits. So you're able to take them out or add them if you need to, but also so my mind isn't just completely tied to memorizing. Yeah. Just a paragraph. So I'm able to kind of be more creative with it on so stage. So I'll show you. Like, so like there's my full, like just the, the, the notes that I have as far as like the bits, right? Mm-hmm. But then when I actually go to stage and I'm trying to open mics, there's each little note or the, the bullet yeah. points on it. And then this down here is extra. If they give me a minute, I'm, I'm full just for my extra shit. And then I'll actually go up on stage with this shit in my hand until I memorized it just for the bullet points. But that's the actual expansion that's, from the original notes. Yeah. And, and that's, that's just stuff how I do that's it. actually written out. Yeah. And then the other one's just the bullet points that yeah. you're using at the mic. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I, whenever I have that stuff just written on my hand, I feel like I'm. Utilize the stool. Yeah. I use a stool. A stool? Um, almost every open mic will have a stool. Oh, you mean you just like sit on it? No, like you or, could sit on it. Well, so on? like, there's there's usually uh at every open mic to the traditional setup is a mic stand with a mic yeah. and a stool. Mm-hmm. I have my bullet points there. Oh, you mean like put your phone on the just stool. just have it on the stool? It's okay. not in my hand. I can see it like that. Yeah, and I can just like casually look right there, and I can see if I ever get lost, it's right there, and the audience doesn't even see me. Yeah. And it still looks like I have my whole shit memorized and nobody even fucking knows. Yeah. And that's just something I've started doing if there's a stool. That's kind of why it's there. Like, they have props there for whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um. Also, the most... Per- you could sit on it or you could use it for something smart, yeah. like using your nose. Uh, my first time when I did the Katie Styles one, I used it to bend over and show the differences, differences between me and how my ex-wife gave blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, a great visualization. Yeah. And did I did that in four minutes? <laughs> I had to shave that. Uh, that was what I had to shave down. So I was like, speed going. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's incredible. Uh, but that's just how I work. Uh, and then, yeah, just I don't know. I, I'm trying to get it like that. So, of like, oh, I have these bullet points, but if I need to skip that second, that's all Star Wars. I know that all those are Star Wars, like Star Wars, Darksaber, this is the way. I can cut out a whole section if I need to do yeah, crowd work. Absolutely. And then that's the bullet points for that section. I have them listed like that. Okay. Um, I want to get a better notes app so I can color code them or something like that and just have them in different things. Yeah. But, like, I had a notebook. I loved using my notebook. I used to be, like, a DM for, like, a traveling, like, a cell phone company and stuff like that. Okay. So I, I'm on the road a lot. I used to, I'm used to, like, just, you know, listen to music, listen to podcasts. Mm. And it comes from just, oh, I have a thought. I can't write that down. I don't have my notepad and my pen. I don't want to forget it, so I voice text everything and that's i just have problem. always done that that's the problem that i have with driving around a lot yeah like i've got a 30 minute to commute to yeah. work and back so i'm in the car for at least an hour a day yeah and i listen to mostly podcasts or nothing at all and just sit there and thought like a psychopath literally every uh, time i get a note or anytime i'm driving i just uh i have a little thing i just hit plus voice recording and then just pussy is wet <laughs> and then just leave it like that and then that'll just join the library there you go and then i can have it i can do it in my car too so like yeah. i hit the little button on my steering wheel and i just say it Ooh, that's a game changer if you have android auto or something like that it does it uh but yeah that's what i do and then when i need, need new material i just go through all those little little bits go through your audio notes and just start pulling stuff out of there yep and that's just what crafts my shit um i also try to look at it like uh I'm sure you know who Tom Segura is. Of course. Uh, Tom had this thing. I, I can't remember what podcast he said it on or what he's tried, but he had this thing where he talked about like 
once he gets a, a, a bit done, he thinks it's confident and it works great in the set, he'll intentionally take it out of where it's supposed to be in those segues and try to move it to another part of his, his set and try to build new segues and make it work. Okay. So he tries not to get bored with his sets on stage. Cause like if you're doing the same 60 minutes every time, every day, every show, it's going to get old. It's going to get old. So he'll intentionally take stuff out of where it's comfortable and put it somewhere else and try to make it work. And it keeps it new to him every night. And it also keeps him like challenging and trusts he's making it work everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know, man, like that's the way when he said that that's what he tries, the way he tries to write. I was like, that's a good idea. And that's, that's something a like, good idea. That's the thing to like, kind of like, as I'm nowhere near 60 minutes, I'm doing, you know, 10, 15 max right now. Yeah. Is what I'm, I think 10 minutes is what I'm comfortable at now. Just seriously, legitimately. Yeah. I could do a 10 minutes and I'm, I, we're the, the new phases. Yeah. Uh, is that, is that a 10 minutes? It's going to be like seven, eight. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I, I was texting uh, Stephen Cryer the other day and I was like, do you know how long the, uh, the set's going to be? Michael Patton said seven to eight. Okay. That's what he texted me. Because I asked him first, I was like, how many minutes do you need? He goes, seven to eight. Okay. So, uh, it's going to be a long night. Yeah. Excited. I'm excited too. It's going to be awesome. I'm glad that we're doing this too. That yeah. We both booked on it too. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's It's been definitely exciting. He He told me that he was going to book me on that. And I was like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, Do you know how he books that? Like how he gets the people? Uh, I, I know he put out like a a question not like a questionnaire but like a, a thing on facebook it's not a thing you were you can request like you can't ask to be on it oh no like he asked for recommendations yeah. and like people yeah so like yeah like he goes through all the different clubs like who is new in the scene who needs yeah. to be on this show or like who's new and like he goes by the recommendations of like who else is booking and who's doing the open mics yeah so i so guess it speaks couple, to you it speaks to our characters found us funny <laughs> yeah i mean like honestly like without any ego i can say it's it's from what he said, Michael, in the brief times I've talked to Michael, it seemed like he's trying to see from the other promoters and stuff like that who's putting in the effort and who's actually funny yeah. and who's actually giving a shit. Yeah. And he wants to give them a spotlight. And I, I respect the hell out of that because that's honestly how I treat this show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to give everybody a spotlight that's been good to me or who's actually putting in the effort. Uh, you're one of them. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. You've seen the itineraries we sit, we send out and stuff like that. We try to treat this as a business, and we. Try I was to, gonna say, dude, you were like so and so. Uh, Stefano is gonna be sending you the yeah. itinerary, and I was like, itinerary, okay. Yeah. And then I got the email. I was like, oh shit, this is like professional and everything. Well, They've I mean, got a, like a little questionnaire for me at the bottom. Yeah, like, I like this. Okay. Well, like we, like I said, it's a business. It, it's. This is going to be an LLC and everything like that, like for the company. Um, yeah. Dude. This is stage one of my production studio. Okay. So we've already changed the game to Unloading Meat Productions. Okay. Um, the show's, I was going to say because you've, you're going to have the... Batner News. The other news show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're going to have eventually four shows. Nobody told us to do anything like this. No. Like, there's, there's... And like... I have nothing against all the open mics. I love open mics, and yeah, there's a lot absolutely. of them. I don't want to go and do another open mic because there's so many. There's got to be something to set them apart, and they've got to be good. And like that's why like some of these need to work better at like coexisting. Yes. Like Wednesdays do great because it's like an hour apart, and you can mm -hmm. hit them multiple times. Thursday they need to get their shit together and work on that shit. Like session lines need to go like an hour later. Yeah. Or they need to they need to coordinate and, and not split the well, crowds. And that was what was nice about what Zach did uh, with Hunt and kind of clipped it. Yeah. Which I know that kind of I guess from reading his Facebook post maybe upset a couple people. Fuck them. Uh, yeah. I mean the thing is is that if you want to get 
anybody at Starlight after, yeah, it's got to be a certain length of time. Yeah. So, but I mean, having the ability to have all three of those, yeah. if you're able to get to all of them, which you'll be able to, yeah, that's like super. Well, and not only that, but just from a personal standpoint, as much as people will say, oh, we're not about drama, we avoid drama, we try to get all this shit. If you divide the comedian landscape between I have to choose between this club or this club, automatic drama. Yeah. Because you're splitting the crowds. Very much so. Very so you're not doing so. anybody any favors. No. And the people that are the promoters that run these open mics, they're it's kind of like me with my show. I am very attached to my show. I'm very territorial and defensive of my show because yeah. it's my baby. As you should be. So like they are going to be the ones that are like going to always prioritize their show first, you know, as they should be because it's their baby. It's the thing they're it's working on. It's their brand. It's yeah. their brand. And so just by that, by default, that's going to get drama created. It's going to start shit. It's it going to start shit. So just in an effort to just support the community as a whole, work that shit out. Like just like yeah. it needs to be scheduled as a whole to help everybody. Yeah. Um. In my perfect life, I or idea, I love how Zach does it at the Hunt Club. How he goes, "Hey guys, let's go to the Starlight after this or something like that." Like, he, yeah. Lead them. Yeah. If you if you're part of the community and the movement, I honestly think Looney Bin should jump in on that. Yeah. The open micers should actually say, "Hey, let's go to the Hunt Club." Yeah. Um. Well, that, that was I know I've seen a couple people now asking about uh whether or not Looney Bin had a um uh like an open mic poster. Yeah. Or not, because they don't. Yeah. And I think some people are probably getting on that, because that, that would be big and get more people over it there. Because yeah. like I said, I, I yeah. wasn't sure about the times um, of it. So that I would probably, after doing it that one time, I would prioritize it over every other mic. Yeah, I mean, if it's an, if it's literally an open mic with a full legitimate crowd. full crowd, yeah. like, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's 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 the best, yeah. honestly. And I'm not trying to disparage anybody else. I'm like, I'll probably no. cut this part. Yeah, but that's... That's it. you want a real audience, and anytime you can get in front of a real audience, a real audience, take yeah, it for Just sure. Take it. Um, well, and that's like I said, like I've I've only been in front of one, yeah. so I'm like just super eager yeah. to have actual people there and see how my material works yeah. on them. You having fun? I'm having a great time. I feel like I'm getting to know you too, man. I know. I I like. That's why I like this. I abso- like. Absolutely. That's like I was excited that. I was gonna be like on a podcast, but like also like you're fucking cool. Oh well, thanks, like, man. And I didn't mean that like disrespectful <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, on a podcast. Like I I meant that for myself. Like it was like I've never been on a podcast before. I'm gonna be on a podcast. That's cool. But I'm like I also haven't really like genuinely sat down and really got to hang out with anybody in the scene yet. Yeah. And so it's cool to sit down, get to know you, hang out, and actually like realize that we've got common ground on some things yeah man so i mean we're all humans we're all like roscoe said on his episode we're all broken toys like we all got <laughs> shit to deal with and drama that's what made us comedians <laughs> yeah dude absolutely that was i got off stage a couple nights uh not nights a couple weeks ago uh seller and roscoe was like that was a funny rant i was just like i just needed to get some shit off my chest man yeah. i was like I had to talk some shit yeah so you never know what people are going through, man. Like, like oh, once they get on stage, it kind of goes out the window and stuff. I love those lights. Like, oh, I love absolutely. I love Tulsa Comedy Club. Whenever I get up on the stage and it's just nothing but the spotlight, you can't even see the crowd. Like, I actually embrace that. Some yes. people are like, yeah. don't like being blinded by it. I love it. Oh, that's one of my. I I said that I've only had like one 
real crowd. I mean, I've done cellar dweller several times, and yeah. there's an actual crowd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a bar with an open mic. It's, 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 yeah. it's a different venue. But yeah, we're not disparaging. We love the cellar dweller. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going there tonight. We love the cellar. Yeah, cellar dweller kicks ass. But um, I love it in there the way the lights are because yeah. the red lights are sick as fuck. Yeah, first off, it helps. But yes, it also helps because I feel like there they're like. I'm also really tall, but so like they hit like at just the right angle where I can hardly see shit. Yeah. And I love that. It's yeah, like it, I don't like as long as I can hear somebody laughing, like I don't give a fuck what you're looking at. Yeah. You, you can look at the ceiling, you can look at your phone, but like if I see something that makes you laugh, that's all that I need to. Well, know if you notice okay. right there where we stand, where the stage is, there is one little white light that's like directly on us. Yes. That's kind of trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Like Roscoe had it set up really well. Yes. Like he really him does. and Katie. Uh, I mean, they pop up their two speakers. They have the the soundboard, and they sit there at that little thing. And like he said on, like I think he said on his episode about the cellar, it's like you have the, the bar to the left where the people are just there drinking. You have the comedians to the right that are there working on their sets, and you know, you play to the left. You hear jokes, you hear laughter from the right usually. Yeah, yeah that <laughs> that's kind of how it is. Yeah, I my first time there, they were. Um, I sat down in Spencer Mills. Shout out Spencer. Was shout uh, out Spencer Mills was explaining that to me and I was sitting there thinking I was like ah oh, shit like I don't like that yeah that makes me nervous and then I got up there and I was like oh no I I like this yeah. like that's kind of cool like how the the room split yeah. and like I I I really enjoy how that place was set up I was really nervous at first I yeah. was like uh but yeah I really enjoy it it's really cool. The I, the vibe there is is awesome. It's nice. I I the dark room. With I the wish red I could take it more. And again, like I talked to him, like Zach. I, talk, I talked on several episodes now about my my claustrophobia. Like, there's just certain points where it's like I'm gonna do my set. I'm gonna another smoke or something like that. And then I have to get out. Yeah. Or like I'm gonna, I'll stay there. But if you see me there, mostly I'm usually outside. Yeah. I will hang out there by those little benches and just chill out there smoking. Just hang out with the people that are coming yeah. out to smoke after yeah. their set. Like that's yeah. me. And it's not trying to like be disrespectful. Like. If you say like, "Hey, did you see my set?" I'll try to be down there, but like sometimes I'm just like, I gotta get the fuck out. But to say, if you want me to see your set, you have to specifically request a time because I'm not hanging out down there. That's that's kind of how I am, and yeah. that's just like, uh, like I had a car wreck in January, and I'm oh. going through MRIs and stuff like that because there's times where like I still can't write very well with my right hand, and like I have okay. I have two bulge discs in my my neck and back or wherever the fuck they are, um, and that's from the car wreck. Yeah, Jeez. and so it cuts off feeling to my right arm. And like I, it permanently feels right now where like somebody's pinched to me, like you know, like a mother kitten, like a mother like picking up their kitten by the nape of their neck. Yeah, that's like it feels like that right, right here, twenty four seven. So were you the victim or were you? I was the, the victim. Oh. Yeah, they t boned my car. Uh, I was on Highway seventy five going north, and they were coming out of McDonald's, and they were like, "Oh, I thought you were." Of you course, were they were in. leaving fucking McDonald's. Yeah. bastard. And they just <laughs> went right into me. Nasty. So it's one hundred percent their fault. I'm waiting for my car to get back now. Uh. But in the meantime, yeah, like my arm will just go numb. It feels like it'll just go to sleep all the time. Um, it affects, dude. Even wiping my ass sometimes sucks. Like <laughs> you'll try to like wipe your ass, and then like your hand just like goes to sleep. Like, like just this. like I need help. <laughs> it's like the most embarrassing shit. But like, yeah, that's just what happened. And it's like never thought you'd need to learn to wipe your ass left-handed, but here you are. Yeah, and like I tell people, like I put it on my Facebook. I was like, I feel like I need to have like caution tape on this shoulder. To stop all the bros from like clapping me on the shoulder, going, "Hey, what's up, man?" Yeah. Every dude does that, and it's always the right fucking shoulder. I don't know what it is about bros. We just always do it. We're like, "Hey, what's up, man?" And we slap each other on yeah, the fucking shoulders. Fucked up one, so it just sitting stingers all night yeah. long. Ugh. Yeah, 
Because you slap me on it, yeah, my arm will go numb. It's kind of a fucked up thing. It's like a broken I hate toy. That. Well, I won't do that to you. Yeah, that's just I what it is. Strictly knuckles for you, brother. <laughs> I got you. But uh, why did I get on the subject of my car wreck? Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, because uh, my claustrophobia really comes out because I had to get MRIs. Oh, and it took three. They put you upper half in there. Well, like they strapped my neck in, and when as soon as they locked my neck in, instant panic attack. Oh no! Um, it took three different MRIs, and then finally had to be sedated during the third Jesus. one, just to get done. Because like I can't, as soon as I'm strapped down or held down anything, it's full blown. My my body goes into fight or flight, like I'm dying. Like and then like I'll start panic attack, and then eventually I'll black out and pass out. Like it's terrifying. Um, and it's just from my trauma shit. Like from yeah. uh, I don't know what it is. I mean, I've gone through therapy and stuff, but it's just just how I am. Yeah. Um, I, my mom is very claustrophobic and it like to the point where i don't know if being claustrophobic you probably haven't but there was like that ryan reynolds movie a few year a long time ago at this point which several one? years ago where he was like buried in a coffin or something yep won't watch it Can't watch- no i was i was watching that when i was in like middle school or junior high or something and my mom came into the room and she's like ran out of the room um i have to skip you um you know kill bill right yeah the the scene where they bury her, I can't, can't I, I skip it. it. Yeah, I, I will full blown freak the fuck out. That's, I mean, it's not like funny, it gets me in the but... chest. Like I feel like, like it, it's like uh. I can't do it. Um, I didn't know what that was until about two years ago. I didn't know I was claustrophobic until about two years ago. Really? Um, and then like I have sleep apnea, and okay. they were like, hey, before you can get a mask, you have to go do like a sleep study. So they take you down to this fucking hospital and it has beds in it, and you like do a sleep study. And they like they put all these monitors on you look like Darth Vader with a chest plate and shit. And they like strap all these wires and nodes to you and they want you to go to sleep. And then they just monitor you through the night and mm-hmm. see how you sleep. Well, I'm like a shit with all that yeah. stuff stuck to you. And like, I'm a stomach sleeper. I sleep down. Mm-hmm. Um, so they want me to sleep on my back, which I've never done. Yeah. So you're not and then they want to well. like put all this shit on me and strap them all these gizmos. And it's like weighing me down. And then they want to strap me to the bed. And then I'm supposed to lay like that and go to sleep and do like that for eight hours and then wake up in the morning. I lasted maybe an hour um, before they, I was freaking the fuck out, having a panic attack. My (laughs) oxygen levels dropped. They called an ambulance and had to get me on oxygen. And the paramedic was like, hey, so you're claustrophobic. Did you know that? I was like, well, I do now. Like, I didn't know that was what they would call. He goes, yeah, you're extremely claustrophobic. Like, Like, that's what it is. You had a panic attack from being strapped, held down. Ugh. And like, I was like, oh, well, I didn't know I was medically diagnosed as claustrophobic. I guess I am now. So now you are. Yeah. There's your, there's your but now I'm aware of it. Like I'm more aware of it. So like when I get those feelings, I'm like, oh, where am I? Like it, it makes sense. If you're able to get the fuck out of there, you probably should. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, like the flop sweat will just start and everything like that. And plus, it's just because I'm fat. But <laughs> <laughs> have you ever? Um, I'm sure you've heard of it at least. Silver Dollar City. Yeah. The so the caverns there. Whenever... Did it the kid. Yeah, whenever I was younger, my mom decided, she, and she was aware that she's claustrophobic, yeah. but one year she's like, I'm going to go down there with you guys. Yeah. We'd been down there several times, and God bless her, she got down there. It's got me right now. <laughs> she was doing so well. and <laughs> It's got me tingly right now. Like, it's, like, it's already. Do I need to be less descriptive? No, no, no. It's like, it's like I can completely understand where she's coming from with the caves and stuff, because I avoid, like, underground caves and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have a tornado shelter. I won't go down that right now. Yeah, I completely I, get I, it. I, I don't do small areas. Um, yeah, I just 
Yeah. yeah. So like the seller, yeah, you can understand. Like and well, and the funny thing is, is at the worst part, I don't know how well you can remember that place, but it doesn't get that tight. No. But like at the worst part, it's like the ceiling is like yeah. maybe like a foot above your head or something. And she was just lover to death, just crying. And I'm how does like, she feel about the ocean, on, mom? My mom? Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, as far as like how deep it is, does she have any problem with that? No, that's me. I have okay. I have like a some kind of pathological fear of however deep the ocean so, is. Um, do you do you watch Mandalorian or Star Wars? I've watched I watched the first two seasons of it. I okay, caught up on it. Okay, so like season three is going on right now. I'm, you're yeah. gonna watch probably when it gets done, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Not gonna spoil anything, but there's a part where like he falls into it, like. He's walking into a, like, a lake or something like that, and like the lake's deeper than he thought, and he falls through, and like it's a big, big lake. Yeah, that's, I'm not trying to spoil anything, but that's just no, basically what happens. No, no, no. You're good. Um, that will get me because kind of like the caverns, the, the the thought of like this could go on forever, or how deep it is, or just the bottomless just the pit. Abyss. Yes, that will trigger it too, because like then I'm like trapped in there. Yeah. So like yeah, like when you start talking like you want to walk the caverns, mm-hmm. I can kind of have those thoughts because like yeah. when I was little, we did Silver Dollar City, and like I remember doing those caverns, and like yeah, like looking back, I could see the triggers of it. Yeah, for but sure. like back then, I didn't understand why you didn't do it for why? me, or I was scared, or yeah, anything like that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, now that you bring it up, it's kind of like these repressed memory kind of things where you just like, oh yeah. yeah. And I, I honestly, I don't know what it would be from with the ocean for me, because I mean, I'm from. Oklahoma originally yeah. we're fucking landlocked yeah. <laughs> like um but being deployed in the military on my first deployment we were just on a boat yeah for the most part we stopped and did training exercises all over yeah. the world but for the most part we were on a spring break booze cruise yeah. around the ocean and going out and smoking cigarettes on the side of the boat whenever it was you know, miles and miles and miles from any land and yeah. the seas. It's not blue at that point. It's black. Yeah. Just bottomless. And I wouldn't stand anywhere near the edge. I yeah. don't want to look I, in, I, I don't want to look into it. I'm like, uh uh-uh. same way. I'm like sitting there looking at my boots, smoking my cigarette. The second I'm done with it, I'm like, I'm back inside. I don't need to look at it. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Um I and, like I, I've been deep sea fishing whenever I was younger. We yeah. went to Florida on like a family vacation one time. And, well, we went several times. We went deep sea fishing this one time. And being out there miles and miles and miles, I remember seeing a hammerhead shark. They would, like, point off to the side of the boat. And it was a decent-sized boat, but it wasn't like you couldn't capsize it if you tried really hard. And they're like, oh, there's a 12-foot hammerhead off the side of the boat. And it's like... If that motherfucker wants to cause some problems right now, it could. like it could, yeah, you know, it and could that's definitely, scary. Yeah, yeah. That, and you can't see land. The lack of control, <laughs> like the lack of being able to like completely be safe or like figure yeah. out, a, yeah, I get it, I get it. Like, um, I'm terrified of cruises. I'll never go on a cruise. Yeah, um, that... my parents love them. They go on cruises like for vacation and stuff. Like one, the thoughts of being in those little cabins freaks the shit out of me even though my parents were like it's not that small if you get a big one i was like i don't care it's a trap little room on the boat in the middle yeah. of nowhere it's gonna scare the shit out of me yeah and then just like yeah once you get off that landlocked dock like i could do planes i am pl- fine with a plane it's weird even though it's a small pl- thing mm. i know it's temporary and it's gonna be like an hour or two and have you off. been on like a really small plane um like like a five passenger no. cessna no. like with the props no. don't know i probably if I, I don't would know would you I, do it if it was like 
I mean, like, so like, is it are the heights going to trigger you, or is it no. just going? Okay, so you're it's not gonna worried be, about the height. I'm I'm not worried about the height at all. Like, I can take planes just fine. Okay. Um, it's, it's just the small space small space, space trap tin can like like anything like with me like this for more than like yeah. thirty minutes. I'm gonna be start being like, what the I, fuck's going on? I need on? to get out of here. Yeah, like, I gotta walk around and be able to stop. Like, so like I don't even know if those sessions will be good. Like. Not that I'm like ever gonna get to the level like Burge and like like when he does a private jet, yeah, you know like a Learjet or something like that. Like yeah, I could probably do that or something like that. Be fine. Yeah, they're quite spacious. Inside. Yeah, but like normal planes like a seven forty seven something, I'll be fine on. Um, I was dating a girl up until two days ago that was Australian. Hell yeah. Um, and we were talking about like going over there, and I was like. That'd be a long trip, but I'd probably just take a sleeping pill or something like that. Before. No, I was gonna say you could take like an Ambien and just yeah, <sighs> and also like those trips they they serve you meals. There's a bathroom, like you can walk around. You right, should you know. still go to Australia. Yeah, well I am. Yeah, <laughs> uh, fuck that bitch. Yeah, fuck her. You should still definitely go to Australia. I'll tell you, like, I, uh, <sighs> I'm still getting over that shit. Like that, it, it's it's. I saw your I saw your I know this is gonna be clipped and everything. Yeah. I, I saw your post on Facebook. It blows my mind how it ended. It blo- I still don't know why. Like it'd be like that sometimes. Dude, like, are red, violets are blue. Don't always be like that, but sometimes it. Fucking Wednesday, Wednesday, Zach Amon was over here doing an interview. Okay, and it was like a six. She's an overnight nurse, and she was in Tulsa too. She said, "Hey, I'm on my way. We're gonna hang out." So she sat over there on the couch while we shot an interview. Like ten minutes before it's over, she goes, "Hey, I got called into work. I have to do a three hour shift." I was like, "Okay," and she's like, "Yeah, I'll do that. And I'll come right back." I was like, "Cool." That was the last I heard from her. Completely ghosted me for like a day and a half. Didn't hear from her. I was like, hey, are you okay? Text her. Just never heard anything. Then I called her Friday night after the open mic. And I called her like at 10 o'clock. And I was like calling. And a dude answers the phone. And I heard her laughing in the background. And he's like, hey, stop calling her. Uh, I got her handle now. She's taken care of now. Click. And that was it. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, that's fucking rough. So then like the next day of the rose, I was just drinking. So I had fun yesterday, and like and I'm fine with it. Like I'm not like dr- I'm not like I'm not like depressed about it or anything. Like I'm moved no, on. No, but I mean it's, it's just a, it's, it doesn't like, make you feel good. It was just sucks. one of those things where like I don't understand what happened. You know what I mean? It's like the unknown of like it just it just suddenly gone. Like, yeah. It just, and like even Zach, I told Zach what happened yesterday, and he's like, yeah, I didn't get any advice. She was upset or anything. He's like, she just had to go to work. Like because yeah. like he had to move his car to let her out because he was parked behind her, and like he even said bye to her and stuff like that, and like everything she was kosher. Fine. Yeah, and then just something happened from then on. So yeah, bitches be tripping sometimes. Yeah, she's gonna get roasted in my material. It's okay. Oh, absolutely. Just light her on fire. Yeah, I already said that I went down under on her, and like I came up and my beard looked like it was covered in Vegemite. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking remix to Africa, dude, or uh, (laughs) Down Under, whatever song that is with the Vegemite sandwich. I wish her bush would have caught on fire. Oh my god, you could make so many bush people jokes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She has no idea what she's done. And, like, I guess her and all the nurses that she works with in Tulsa listen to my show, the podcast. Hell, yeah. So it's just a listener count? Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. They're nothing to you but a listener yeah. at this point. Yeah. I'm not going to be sad if it's savage so much like they come over here and, like, beat my fucking... Because she knows where I live. Like, you know, I'm going to... keep that in mind. Yeah. So I'm not going to curb it. Like, But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like... Yeah, there's gonna be some material out of this. Absolutely, That's as there as there should be. Yeah, that's part of the process. You're yeah. a comedian, bro. You're yeah. gonna fucking talk some shit about it. Yeah, it's it. therapy. That's how I pay for my therapy. I bet. <laughs> that's like, yeah. If if you if you date a comedian and you and you're not yeah like in it for the long run, 
at some point if you dip out, you're going to get shit talked about you. Well, it was just also like the weirdest part. Like, this is going to get weird, weird. And then again, this whole thing we clipped. Just the person that, like, we were dating for multiple weeks and like low key, like I was older than her. I took her virginity. So, like, that's a very. We were pretty close. Yeah. Like, like really close. Like, talking yeah. about like she was going to change her shifts to Bartlesville instead of Tulsa for her overnight shifts and oh, stay yeah. here. Like, we were that close. She met the kids and everything. So for it all of a sudden to just be dropped out of Gone. nowhere. Yeah. That is so strange. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. And I still haven't heard from her since. And I'm like, I'll just let, you know, once I got that call. Drogas. Okay. Yeah. Drugs. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, drugs. It has to be. I have no idea. I have no idea about this girl, but yeah. drugs. I don't know. It just, yeah. So, welcome. It'll be material. Uh, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it'll be material, but it'll be, yeah. you know, it'll be good material. Absolutely. The Vegemite lines works pretty good, though. Yes, I was going to say that works incredibly, and you could do nothing but just riff off that for hours on end at this point. <laughs> I, saw, I saw your license plate. So are you from Georgia originally? No, that's my rental, rental car. That's your rental car. Yeah. So you're originally from Bartlesville? Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I went to school in Dewey. Okay. Um, went to high school and stuff like that. And then my parents lived in, I don't even know where Copan is. Um, so it goes Tulsa, Owasso, Bartlesville. Dewey, Copan, Kansas line. Okay. Copan is the border town of the Kansas line. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it's like a suburb of Dewey, and it's just ranches out there. They have a Dollar General and like a gas station. That's it. You know, one of those small towns where just they have a Dollar General. Like population 80 people or something. Yeah, and like they all that. work at the Dollar General. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They either work there or they're banned from there for bad checks. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just how this works in Oklahoma. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, that part will be in. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, <coughs> I'll actually go ahead and remember that because that'll be probably the I was going to say. That's a pretty good clip. That's a good clip. That's a, that's We're an hour and a half in. Gotta, I'm going to clip that. Yeah, that's going to be good. something you got to write down. Yeah, that's good. Sure. But uh, we so like my parents, they were pretty poor up until I was like 12 or 13. And my dad got a good job in Coffeeville. Okay. Um, And we bought a house like in 20 acres on the Copan, like Kansas border because he worked in Coffeyville, Kansas. My mom worked in Bartlesville, so like it was like a nice, happy medium. Yeah. So not too I, bad of a transit either way. Yeah. So I grew up on twenty acres out in the middle of nowhere, just you know, country. And we had horses and stuff like that. And I was a country kid. I didn't have MTV or cable or anything like that until I was like fourteen or stuff like that. And like, you know, most of my younger days was like just VHS tapes, like Transformers, Power Rangers, stuff like yeah. that. And playing around outside. Yeah. Like I had horses and stuff. I've never been the outdoorsy animal guy type. Uh my two older sisters were really into horses. Mm-hmm. They love all the barrel racing and stuff like that and 4-H. Yeah. I was the kid that liked four-wheelers. Yeah. So I always said, like, they like horses, I like horsepower kind of thing. Like, Oh, yeah. And, like, growing up, my dad and me did a thing called shodios, which were, you know, uh, a rodeo. Yeah, absolutely. It's barrels, barrel racing, pole racing, and flags, like capture the flag kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They do this with high-powered, souped-up four-wheelers. And it's motocross exciting. rodeo. <laughs> So we did that, and I was like 13, 14. I had a souped up like Yamaha Banshee. Oh, you and went out and participated? Yeah, these were like That's full awesome. on events. Hell like, yeah. we had a traveling trailer with a garage on the back of it, and like, we toured Oklahoma and Kansas and stuff like that oh, with this trailer. Yeah, so you were into it. Yeah, like, these are four wheelers are strapped down, and we're in full motocross gear, everything. And I'm going out there like 50 miles an hour on this little rodeo thing, Jeez. sliding my ass around and grabbing a flag or doing poles or doing That's barrel racing. Awesome. And it's a time, they're timed events. Okay. And like I my Banshee, Yamaha Banshee is at the point like dude, it could probably hit close to 100. Like 
it, like we were getting fuel from the airport with like jer- <laughs> the, the higher octane like jet fuel. High octane jet fuel yeah. into your Yamaha. Yeah, like we were doing like 111, 115 octane fucking fuel in these little like fucking four wheelers. That's incredible. And I'm racing them around barrel poles and flags. <laughs> You just burn in the flags, yeah. With the like, jet flames dude, these things were the fucking like. So my exhaust on these things were like these gigantic chrome pipes. If you didn't have those motocross gear, and there's times where I wore shorts, melt stuff just on melt them. my fucking leg. Like Ugh. they were so hot. I had so many whelps and burns on my knees and stuff like that from trying to do it. Like even like thirty seconds, they just razor hot. That's an like, insane amount of power. Uh, something like that was like what mine would be like. That's lowered what they down. Like? Yeah, that's my that was what the, the banshee would look like, and then I was lowered like that, so low to the ground, so you could slide around corners. I was about to say that looks and like then, it's literally for drifting. Do you see the exhaust? Oh, those are on both sides, and they stick out on the sides, so you could definitely and, melt your leg. Yeah, and so yeah, that was basically what that was actually very almost close to mine. Then no front fenders, the chrome, everything. It looks like a cheese grater on the front of it. Yeah, that's the that's the <laughs> radiator. But these things, like, if you got them up, could go up to, like, 100 miles an hour, bro. And you're just flying. And it's so low to the ground, you lay, like, I would lay down on the handlebars and just fly down a dirt road. I would be absolutely terrified when I was a kid going down a hill on a skateboard at, like, 15 miles an hour. I can't imagine being on one of those with nothing but my hands holding me to it going 80 miles an hour. That's absolutely terrifying. Jeez, how fast those things get going. See him sliding? Like you slide your weight? That's insane. This is, yeah, this is pretty So much. you don't even turn them, really. No, you're just pivoting your weight. And you just slide. Oh, man, that looks like so much fun, though. That's what I was doing in racing. That and looks like- terrifying, but it looks like fun. That's oh what, shit! That's oh what, shit! That's not what, me. That's what I'm talking about, right there. Exactly. But what you I'm see, he's not about. lowered, so that's why he's not. He's yeah, having a hard time. He's not sitting so two inches off. The, the redneck ground. way to do this is you take, um, you know, like tie down straps. You use like lockdown stuff when you're hauling. You hook it onto the back and attach it to your <laughs> axle, and you just strap it down. You just tie down the back end of it so yeah. it doesn't tip. Yeah, that's all you do. Is that's a redneck way of doing it, and so you see the good ones just have that strap down. That's incredible. And you just slide everywhere. And it's just drifting. This was redneck drifting on four-wheelers. I was about to say, so for the ones that weren't built for drifting, you just use the tie-downs and make them yeah. for drifting. Because like you see how powerful they are and how light they are. Oh. As soon as you get the gas, they're going off the ground. I was going to say, like that thing's going from zero to whatever in next to no time. I mean, that's a Raptor. That's a band. That's a blaster. So that's a 200cc. That last one was a 600cc. So, like, that's, like, the same as, like, some motorcycles. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got some serious horsepower. Like, in that the smallest thing. the smallest Harley-Davidson is an 850. Okay. So, the this is a 660 Raptor. So, you're getting really close. Yeah, you're getting really close to a Harley-Davidson. Oh, to a Harley. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like, that's the pole events. And you'd have to, like, just weave through them. <laughs> and they're doing it with, with dirt bikes. With little dirt bikes. That's My mom... Man, I I always wanted a dirt bike. I actually went to um, school with a kid whenever I was in kindergarten that he was like a sponsored dirt bike rider in kindergarten. Yeah. And I remember he came to school one week and he was in like a wheelchair and had one of his arms in a cast. 
And I was like, what the fuck happened to this kid? Yeah. Turns out he was at like one of his dirt bike things and just lost control of the yeah. bike and just like broke himself in pieces. And from that, I was in kindergarten, dude. I never had a chance. Yeah. I'd be like, Mom, can I please get one? Nope. <laughs> absolutely not. You're going to end up like that one kid. Yeah. Just all busted up. So that was never a reality for me, unfortunately. I had friends that had um, four-wheelers, but they were the yeah. big ones that you'd, like, take out in the woods and yeah. shit. I didn't ever have, like, a racing four-wheeler. <laughs> and that's, like, my dad wanted me to do, like, that kind of four-wheeler. Like, he's, like, the one that wants to go hunting and stuff like that. And, like, yeah. he had those kind of, like, and still down, like, he has, like, the, like, the what's it called, like the Yamaha Mule or something like that. Like the, yeah, the, the one, big ones. The big ones. Like, he's the guy that has, like, the acreage and just wants to go out there hunting and stuff like that and fishing and stuff. Yeah. He's a good old boy. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I, I wasn't personally. Yeah. So, like, when he's, like, You wanted the thing me. with flames shooting out of it that would yeah, drift around the corner. I want to go fast. <laughs> like, I'm a speed guy. Like, even my first car I was a, speed. My first car was a Mustang, and, like, the plan was, like, we built an engine and everything, and, like, on spring break, we were going to put this, like, restore Cobra engine into this mustang and like paint it and stuff like that because my like my dad and me grew up like my dad's a jack of all trades like kind of thing like yeah. um he can paint well do all that kind of stuff and so like we had like a little makeshift paint booth in our garage and yeah. all that stuff like we were gonna restore the car over spring break and the friday before spring break a old man pulls out of the smoke shop and t-bones my mustang and destroys it there went that yeah and uh. that was my only real injury like i didn't get injured through motocross or anything really bad but I ended up having third or second degree burns all the way up my hands and arms. So where I had like I had to work, I had to wrap like a mummy all the way. The up car like that. lit on fire. The airbag. Or air, oh, the airbag, airbag burned you. Burned. Now the best part about this, I had horrible warts on my hands. Like I was going to like a dermatologist like for work cream and stuff like that. That's fixed it. That fixed Took it. Took them right off. So if you ever want to cure your acne or something on your hands, guys, just get into a wreck and have the airbag to go off. Hell yeah, a T-bone a motherfucker. Like It'll it be burned all them all off. Like I had all this burned. On my arms. And then... It's not funny, but it is. I had... Uh, I had... Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was fucked up a leg. But I had, a, I had to wear a leg brace, and I had to be on crutches. So mm. I had my legs strapped. I had like a sprained knee or something like that. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, that was my worst injury growing up. Is something that wasn't even my fault. And it was a week before that. Yeah. So that, that kind of... And the engine stole my dad. Just, we never got to put it in a car. <laughs> Damn. Um, ended Still up like, got it, man. Like, ended up like... Two weeks later, my parents felt bad. They're like, that was going to be my first car. And yeah. some guy had another Mustang. I was like, you know, like the hatchback Mustang, the 90s mm-hmm. Mustangs? Uh, that was the car I had. He had a 93 that had a Cobra engine in it, and he'd already done it and everything to it. But he had to get rid of it for like three grand because he was a welder and he needed a truck. Mm. And my parents were like, will you take like 2900 And they're like, he's like, sure. And so they just got that car. And that was what oh, my yeah. car was. It was like kind of like instead of a building one, we had that. And yeah. was, I mean, that thing was fucking cool. I was about to say, that sounds like it was a badass um, car. The first time I raced it, like it takes the front end off the, air, off the fucking ground. Like it was, it wasn't a 10 second car, but I was one of those guys that would take it to the midnight drags at Tulsa. Really? Yeah. Hell like yeah. that was my thing. I'm a, like I said, I'm a speed demon. Yeah. So like I love drag racing and stuff like that. Uh, that car, I think it was like a 13 second car or 12 second car. Like it was, it was like high 12 or low 13s. I see. So it's and like we didn't really do shit to it. It was just like that's how I built, bought it. About like to say, so stock for you. Yeah, but he'd already put like shorty he headers on it. it. I don't know if you're into cars or anything like that, but he like he, really. he put a whole bunch of shit in on it. Like the exhaust was like cut off to where like that car was so fucking loud <laughs> that I had to shut it off going through McDonald's or something to shake the windows. I was about to say you probably had to turn it off while you were ordering. Yes, like it just like it was obnoxiously loud at that point. Where you either do or you don't feel bad about driving it around. Oh yeah, 
going through drive-throughs and shit. That's completely uncivilized. That was my bike first. That was Ooh. that was my first bike, and then that was the car, and then it had the ghost flames on the front of it and stuff like that. But that was that car I was talking about. Oh yeah. And there was me when I was skinnier. Prior prior to the car being destroyed. Yeah. Well, that was the one. That was the one my parents bought. Oh, that, that was, was the, the one, one that okay. they got for like the twenty nine hundred. After yeah, you had the one that got he already destroyed. had you know, like the ghost flames on it, and it already had like Cobra parts on it, and like it was a full on like kitted racer. Hell yeah, I've been Thanks. in I've been in three car wrecks, and I have not once ever had airbags deployed on me. Really, Mm-mm. I only had that first one. I've been in a couple of car wrecks, including the one in January. Like, yeah, I'm still feeling it, but <laughs> yeah, no the the first one I ever got into was like less than three months after I started driving. Oh, I was going down a hill that I'd been down like. Several times yeah. at this point, I knew where it was, and I was fucking with one of my friends, and I put it into neutral. It was going down the hill, and it was a divided road. There's a median, but at the end, it opens up, and got to going about fifty miles an hour. And there's gravel at the bottom of it where they were doing construction, which they weren't doing the day prior. And so, as I was coming down this corner, my car like oh, lost yeah, traction, and I overcorrected. And fishtailed and T-boned a truck doing like forty miles an hour. I've been driving for like four months, dude. It was awful. Ugh. I had to go to defensive driving class, which was cool though, because it the, was cool. It was nice because it got that off of my record. Yeah. But the guy that was teaching it was one of the cheerleaders, like dads or something, at my high school, oh. and so he was. He just showed up, and whenever he's, like, giving his spiel at the start of the class, he's like, I don't give a fuck what you do, basically. Just stay awake. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was sitting in the back of the class. I made friends, like, with one of the guys that were there, and we just sat there and talked shit for, like, <laughs> four hours and then went to Quiznos next door <laughs> for lunch. Shout out Quiznos for one of the sponsors. <laughs> yeah, and then go I back to class and then do shit for, like, another three hours. And then they ask you... A, like a multiple choice common sense test. They'd be like, should you pull out into traffic? <laughs> like, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like the type of shit that they were yeah. asking you. And it's like, that's expunged from my record now. So, yeah, there was that. I actually was in an Uber that got into a car wreck. Wow. It was, no one else was involved, but... Wait, shout, okay. Or, yeah, no, no, no. It was it was just our vehicle. Shout out to California Ubers, right? So you get people that have never driven in rain before because no fault of this guy's own. He, um, let's just say he looked like his place of birth was from somewhere not of the United States and somewhere where it probably doesn't rain a lot. Um, so he's driving this Uber, very thick accent, and he's taking me and my buddy from the airport back to the barracks. Yeah. And it starts raining out. And it was raining pretty good. Like enough where if you have driven in rain, you know what hydroplaning feels like. Oh, yeah. And you know what don't you do? Yank the wheel. Because then what's going to happen? You're going to lose control of the car. So we're driving like 70 miles an hour on the interstate. I'm in the front seat. My buddy's in the back. And I'm not really talking to this guy just because he did not seem conversational. Yeah. And I felt it. You know, that... And watched him jerk the wheel and oh. my mind like for the split second before the car started spinning i was like this is not gonna be good <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing you know the we're we spun seven times bro holy seven shit. Times, seven yes it was three o'clock in the morning 
We spun seven times Fuck. and finally bounced off of... We spun like six times and then bounced off of the... Whatever the fuck that the barrier yeah. on the side of the road, and then spun one more time, and I'm looking at the guy, and there's cars passing us. We were like across the last two lanes of traffic on the right, and it was on I five out in California, so there's like five lanes, so it wasn't taking up that much. So people are still passing us. There's parts all over the road, and I'm looking at this guy like, "Are you okay?" He's like, "I'm okay," and then. I look back at my buddy, and I'm like, are you good? He's like, I'm good. I'm like, will the car drive? Yeah. And it he presses the gas, and it starts, like, kind of bumbling its way. And we were, like, 30 feet from the exit <laughs> somehow, God willing. And so he pulls Jeez. this thing off of the interstate. It gets better. I'm I'm telling you, this is a fucking insane story. So we get off the interstate. And we pull into this little neighborhood, into the side of the road. Mind you, it's still pouring rain. And we get out of the car. And in my head, I'm like, we're five miles from the gate. Yeah. And then once we get inside the gate, we lived on the other side of base. So it's another 30 miles. So we're like a ways from home. Yeah. But this guy already picked us up. We've already paid him. And I'm like, I want to try to figure this situation out. So we get out of the car. And I'm trying to converse with this guy about AAA insurance like what can we do about this situation and he's just language barrier dude yeah. like it was not there and so his bumper was hanging off the front end of his car and he was like can you help and was like trying to get the bumper off the front of the car and i'm like i don't know i think you should like leave it on there so whenever whoever's coming to tow your car it will still be on there and maybe they can put that bumper back on there and fix it because the bumper wasn't that fucked up. Yeah. No, this guy hands me a wrench. And he's <sighs> like, no, like, let's get it off of there. The so fuck? it's 3.30 in the morning. We're in this neighborhood. It's pouring rain. This car is completely <laughs> trashed. And I'm sitting here beating the front bumper <laughs> off of this poor immigrant's Uber car. <laughs> <laughs> it's pure lunacy. <sighs> and... Finally, I just look at my buddy and I'm like, we need to call a different Uber. And he's like, yeah, this this is not going anywhere. We're not. This guy is. Taking, he, <laughs> <laughs> this this poor bastard didn't get us to the barracks. Yeah. Man. And so we call another Uber and the Uber driver pulls up and he starts fucking laughing. <laughs> and he's like, what is going on here? This poor he guy. He's, he's still over there beating away at the front end of his car with this wrench. So he says, you know, go ahead and get in. So we're like, all right. So we grab our stuff out of the car. This guy is like, where you, where you go? Like trying to figure out where we're going. He thought we were going to stay with him. And I'm like, bro, you're an Uber driver. And at that, you're an Uber driver that wrecked while we were in the car. We're customers. Like you got me fucked up. My head hurts. I might have a concussion because you spun out doing 80 on the interstate. Yeah. <laughs> and you're mad at me because I called another Uber? Like, absolutely not, my friend. Yeah. We're not going to do this right now. And we got in the Uber, and he's the other guy. There was no language barrier. Yeah. Let's say that. And so he starts asking us, like, what even did I just pull up on? And we start explaining everything to him. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, oh, dude. 
that was the other car wreck I've been in. So yeah, there's a fun story. For you, you should work that into your standup. I know. I need to tell that somehow. You like punch it up a little bit. There. Like yeah, it's a little yeah. There's some potential there, man. Yeah, that's a good story. That was that's a good bit. It's a good bit. Uber drivers are not supposed to crash cars, dude. Yeah. There's some kind of agreement there that they're not supposed to do that, and he just fucked up. I'm very apprehensive of Uber drivers now. Maybe he was a former luchador, and he was just used to doing like 360s and 450 hey, splashes. You know what, man? That's a complete possibility. <laughs> that was a 450 splash. <laughs> Get it? Because he was hydroplane. That's all that it was. Dude. Oh, 450 splash. That's a good. That's a good one. Oh, that's oh. a good tag. No, but I mean, like. Ever since that, it's like I was using Ubers left and right yeah. before then. Now I'm like, can you fucking drive? If it starts sprinkling out, are you going to T-bone someone and just lose your mind? Yeah. Because I can't have that. I can drive a car. I don't want to risk it. Yeah. You know, that's no, absolutely not. Bad Uber experience. Not good. <laughs> I'm not trying to get rich over day. I'm, I'm not even trying to get rich. Yeah. Uh, I guess we can get back to the talking. That's why we haven't talked for like 30 minutes. <laughs> We've been talking about fucking the do's and don'ts. Of the assholes and whatnot. Yeah. And again, it's just from a point of looking out for you, looking out for me. Like, I like to help everybody know, just be on guard. Kind of, you know, as we're yeah. growing, like, you got to, I'm noticing that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm building up my, my confidence and just knowing what my brain and what my comedy, my comedy is. And yeah. Nothing's going to change my opinion on how I know I'm funny anymore. Yeah, no, I mean, like I said, I think you're coming at it from the right direction of as long as you're doing this as a thing that it's like you love this. Yeah. Which you do. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, you really love and enjoy this or else this place wouldn't look as kick-ass as it well, does. Thanks. I mean, if you were doing it because you just wanted money or because it was just like a half interest thing yeah. that you were doing it would show you know but you're you're kicking ass dude well thanks really man awesome i, I appreciate that and it's nice to have an actual like like i consider you a peer because like we're both starting out and everything like uh, yeah, your comedy peer that. and uh after this i do consider you a friend now like it's, it's nice getting to know you man <laughs> yeah you're my buddy uh it's good it, i love this part of the show of getting to know people because like I've talked before. I am not the person that's going to reach out and be like, hey, I'm Jared Ralph Yellow. Nice to meet you at the club. Yeah. I'm not that guy. I need to be from the business standpoint. I'm, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. I'm trying. I'm really trying to be more forward like that, but I'm never that guy, like just naturally. I'm the same way. And it, it like you said, it definitely causes a problem. Like yeah. from the business standpoint, when yeah. you're like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to anybody. And like the only glimpse they get of you is when you're on stage. Yeah. It's like you kind of need to actually go out there and interact with people yeah. and show them that you're not just a crazy person yeah. that tells jokes sometimes on stage. So what I try to do is at least get them to the where they like me enough to get booked on the show. And then yeah. this is where like not just a safe space, but it's like, man, I I can get to know somebody in two hours over a sit down podcast. Like, absolutely. Even though, yeah, we have cameras going, but I try to make it as comfortable possible where you forget they're even there. Exactly. And we're just having a real conversation. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, if if you came in here and you were like just grilling somebody, yeah. then obviously it's it's not going to be confrontational, no. but it's not going to be comfortable either. Yeah. But I mean, whenever 
from the second I walked in here. It's like, oh, like I'm in this dude's home. Like, yeah. We're, we're chilling. Yeah. Like, this is the homie. Like, it's all cool here. That's what I want, man. So, I want it to be fun. I mean, if we talk, like, the, like, people ask me, like, sometimes they're like, well, why is it so much nerd shit as far as, like, all the figures stuff, but you don't, it's not like an action figure podcast or it's not like a Power Ranger podcast or something like that. I was like, yeah. no, this is just more like, my childhood, like, you know, I told you, like, on the fire, like, I, I went overwhelmed with, like, getting figures back and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, 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 But it's more just, like, I want us to smoke, have some drinks, relax. Yeah. And then this idea is really just for your imagination to kind of go wild and all the colors and stuff like yeah. that. And I want my guests to kind of be, like, not overwhelmed, but just, like, almost mesmerized by it is a good word. It like, very much works. It works, it, right? It very much works. Because yeah. in my mind, if I can distract you with that... It'll set the playing field to where you're not focusing upon being anxious about the cameras, the lights, what I'm doing over here. Yeah. You're focused either on this stuff or the conversation. Yeah. And that's all I want from a guest. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, there's a method to everything. That's why eventually we're going to get LED lights in all these different panels. This is my attempt right so far, just on a budget. But like eventually those are all get backlit so it kind of pops out more. And then I'm thinking I'm going to start with that side whenever we get season two going first. Absolutely. Because this couch is going to be across that. I was gonna say there's this like a moved. there's a whole thing of action figures out here that people aren't even yeah. getting to appreciate right now. Yeah, the Transformers and the wrestling and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And then this will still be my shot, and I'm gonna move it because I want it to kind of look like you know I, I guess you can kind of see I want to be like a talk show. Like a, like a late oh, night. I was gonna say like you've got like your own like little talk show like yeah. news show type of desk. I didn't so, I want mean, Joe works. like nothing against Joe Rogan, but I didn't want us to be across from a desk just smoking and just chat. Like, yeah. I, I'm trying to. to Develop my own identity. Yeah. So absolutely. again, like my no, thing. you don't want to. You want to be as original as possible. Yeah. There's already a lot of podcasts out there. So yeah. it's You. I mean, it's not going to be a thousand percent original. But yeah. You. You can do what you can. Yeah, but you I know, wanted to. Yeah. Talk, I want. I. My ideal. Like so. I have a couple bucket list guests. Well, three, and I really want them here. Like honestly, uh, you get them here. Number one is Kevin Smith. Oh yeah, that'd be um, awesome. My childhood idol, as far as heroes, like when I first saw Clerks, it changed my mind of like, oh my god, filmmaking. Like, I, I, somebody yeah. on a budget could do this kind of shit, and yeah. he's so inspirational to me. It doesn't require millions and millions. Yeah, of dollars. Like and you like, and your friends with a camcorder can yeah. make a hilarious. Well, people movie. said like, that you know, casting movies is not just about like doing movies with your friends. And he was like, I disagree. Like, yeah. I, I I understand that philosophy, and I'm like, I respect that so much. He made a career out of it. Yeah. Uh, number two is Bobby Lee. Just because I respect the hell out of them so much and like the story and like like again, I can honestly say podcasts like Two Bears One Cave, Tiger Belly, and Your Mom's House saved my life during yeah. COVID because I was suicidal at one point and like didn't know where I was. I was aimless after I lost my job and then eventually I got divorced during COVID or after the COVID stuff too. Like I was just aimless. And those podcasts, like seeing other people like comedians aimless and not being trapped, those yeah. kind of gave me hope. Yeah. Like. It lets you know you're not alone. And, yeah, and, and, and it gives you something to laugh at when. Yeah, when all y'all said that you would do is cry. So much so know? that like I was so like in depth with like Bobby and Kalila. Like when they broke up, it was like a sad thing for me. Like I, yeah. when they broke up, it was like oh my god, that's devastating. Because like those two were like so close during forever, yeah. like, fifteen years or like that. Yeah. Um, and then number three, I don't know if you know this name, but uh, Sterling Harjo. Not off the top of my head. Sterling Harjo is the creator of Reservation Dogs. Okay. Um. Uh, the show that's on FX that's based out of Tulsa. Oh, my the, my mind 
auto corrected to Reservoir Dogs. Yep. Reservation Dogs. Reservation okay. Dogs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's the, Native American show, yes. right? Yeah. So okay. he created that, and he's partnered with Taika Waititi, the guy behind you know uh, yes, Thor's the and Fly the Conqueror. Hollywood director. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They both make that show, and he does everything through you know Native Americans, and he's he's from the Tulsa area. Okay. It's all shot about like Native American culture, like. Yeah. There's episodes devoted to like the fucking Indian clinics and stuff like that. Like it's, and like you know, all of them are like drinking Sonic and shit like that. Yeah. Like it's it's very authentic it's Oklahoma very, culture. And yeah. like I'm part Cherokee, even though I'm the whitest Cherokee you ever see. I'm not trying to like say like I'm trying to like co-opt on the fucking culture. Like, I'm just no, saying I like there's aspects of I'm it a, that I'm, I grew up with. I'm a quarter Choctaw, so oh, yeah. I, I deal with the same thing. Where it's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not white enough. But to I respect claim it. Like, it. Yeah, but, yeah. Like I've got a whole side of my family that's very dark skinned. Yeah. we'll say so. It's like I, I respect and, it. I know I I'm up, not part of it. But yeah, <laughs> and like it. it's just like it's so it's so fascinating of a show. But like he did a an episode of Tiger Belly, and okay. I never heard of the show, or I I vaguely heard there was a show about Native Americans in this area. Yeah, didn't watch it or anything like mm-hmm. that. He was a guest on there, and Bobby Lee's a a, uh, a character in that show. He Is plays he, really? one, he plays one of the doctors at the Indian clinic. Oh, that makes sense. So but. they had him on Tiger Belly, and it's a two and a half hour show, or an hour. You know, it's a long podcast. Yeah, about this guy growing up in Tulsa as a Native American and like wanting to be a filmmaker, and then you know, out here. And Where he there's built not this, like a huge fine arts, like, yeah, movie making. Place and that like you can go to Tim finding you know Taika Waititi is very into like doing Aboriginal stuff like from yeah. Australia mm-hmm. and that area and you know I don't know it just it was a fascinating story and just very inspiring to see how he made it and how he's giving back to the community and how much he's building here yeah um I compare it to like how Tyler Perry tried to like give back to the black community and stuff yeah. like that and like build a a whole, a whole empire around and, it. yeah yeah he's trying to do something for our community here and I very respect it and yeah it's awesome when he's doing and it was I I haven't watched the show yet I um, highly recommend it it's it's also ve- it's very funny but it's very good like gripping like it's yeah. drama like it's I've heard it's a great it's a show. touching show yeah it was it was I hadn't heard of it yeah. until I moved back here um whenever I left California I was living with. Uh, my aunt, my uncle, while my fiance was still out there, we had a horse that we had to figure out the logistics of getting it out yeah. here. And so I had to move out here first to get a house and everything. And so I was living with my aunt and my uncle over on the south side of Tulsa, I think. And there was a bar over there that one day I was on my way home from work and there were just a ton of trailers and cops and, but like, Travel trailers, yeah. like big ones out there. And then right down the road in a church parking lot, there were more of them, just lines of these 18-wheeling, 18-wheeler trailers. And I got back to my aunt's house. I'm like, what is going on? And she was like, have you heard of that show Reservation Dogs? I was like, no. And she's like, they're shooting a scene like at a, the bar down the road. So yeah. there's like a little cantina bar, whatever, that was right down the road from my aunt and uncle's house that they were like shooting a whole like at the show or at the bar there which is really cool yeah like to actually see it on the screen is one thing and i didn't like actually get to go up into the bar or whatever they weren't letting people that weren't part of the shoot in but it was cool to know that it's like just going on right there yeah like Um, i got to live in california for five years but never saw anything remotely close to being that close to like an actual set or yeah. something that was being filmed, so that well, was a really that's, cool. Experience. That's kind of why I really pushed for me and Stefano to push this out this year. Was I feel truly that Tulsa's on the bubble? Yeah. Uh, between Reservation Dogs, all the movies are being shot. Tulsa King, um, 
it's getting more into the pop culture and yeah. more Hollywood stars and more things are coming out this way. And Oklahoma seems to be more responding of like doing more filmmaking shit and more grants and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like the show that Zach and Brian and Sam and all those people at the, did, at the, at the Canes. At Canes, it yeah. was like fucking three hundred something. Yeah, people dude, there. like it's, it's it was amazing. And shout out to them. I'm so proud of them. Um, yeah. Brian was here. Uh, Brian, the yeah. yeah, he was one of the people on there. And like uh, Julie and someone else. Just so proud of this yeah, community, man. Like kicked ass. There's so much fucking talent here. Yeah. There's just so much talent. Um, that's why this show shaped into what it was. Because like you brought up Tim Dillon, his show, like. When I was in COVID trying to figure out what the fuck this was, eventually it turned into like, well, maybe Stephanie could be like the Jamie of Joe Rogan will bounce back and forth. Yeah. There's hidden episodes we'll never show anybody that they're fucking horrible <laughs> that we shot and just didn't work. Yeah. And it's hard to do a one. Tim Dillon deserves all the credit in the world because I can't even imagine doing him, a one person show. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Like I tried. I really tried. Yeah. I even had a TV right there and I had notes up and stuff like yeah. that. And like, just trying to sit here and rant for two it's hours. It's hard to rant when there's no one in the room. You could feel the vacuum. Yeah, and I mean, and, like, it, at least it's no slight against him, obviously. Yeah. I think he's a master of what he does. Yeah. He's my favorite comedian at the th this present time. Yeah. But, I mean, like, at least he's got that person that's kind of, like, yeah. right off camera. I know it was Ben Avery yeah. for a long time. I don't know his new guy's name, but... That's but there's like, people there he can bounce off to and it still keeps it going. Like, and that even person will laugh yeah. or he'll get them to pull something up. So it's not just one person. Yeah. But, like... Still, being the only person on camera and it yeah. being primarily you. Yeah, it's it's like, exhausting. It's hard. I can imagine. Man. Um, So we didn't do that. And then the night <laughs> I tried open mics with uh, in January with Roscoe, he said, hey, if I call your name at the end of this, these five names, come see us after the show. And I was one of the five names. Mm -hmm. He pulled me aside. We smoked outside or whatever. And he's like, hey, we're going out to the colony. I thought you were super funny. Let's uh, come hang out with us at this bar. Uh, Conrad and our friends playing a, a, a show. Mm -hmm. So I went out to the colony and didn't really know anybody. He was like Silent Bob on the wall. I just want to creep out and just hang on the wall and smoke. Yeah. He saw that, didn't like that. So he like put his arm around me and brought me over. It was like, hey, this is Jared. He did a comedy night very funny. And he did that to introduce me to everybody at the mm -hmm. club like that. He didn't have to do that, but he did. Yeah. And that meant the world. And honestly, I got introduced to Missy and her burlesque stuff. I got yeah. introduced to Conrad doing the band stuff. Met so many different people at that colony show that I was like, Holy fuck, there's so much talent in Tulsa. Yeah. I was dude. like, I came back from that night so inspired, not just because I had a great set for my first time really doing stand up. You know, I had a great five minutes for my first time. Yeah. Um, then meeting that and having that experience that it changed the entire perception of the show. Yeah. So much that I was like, there's so much talent and spot here, there's no spotlight on them as much. Yeah. I would love to have them as guests and give them a spotlight. Absolutely. And that night changed everything about this. And yeah. that's where this came from. Well, and that was like just the lack of spotlight and attention on just the comedy and art scene in general. Yeah. Here. That was like, I felt like it was, and obviously I'm still very new to this, so it's yeah. not beholden to me to have opinions, but yeah. like I thought that it was a little crazy that it took me as long as it did to find an open mic. And yeah. like, given i probably should have got on facebook and typed some stuff in but like it shouldn't be that hard to find i didn't know? understand like, it was gonna be on facebook to you i completely get where you're coming from like, yeah i mean and it's awesome i definitely even feel like since november like yeah. i said since when i started doing this i definitely feel like there's been improvements yeah and it's crazy how rapid um when i had my thing at looney been 15 years ago and i thought i was banned yeah um 
I didn't think there was no other clubs at the time, so I gave up for 15 years because there was nothing else. I yeah. just like if I'm banned from the only club in Tulsa, I can't do this anymore. You can't do it because you're not going to move for it. Yeah, you're just starting out. So. Yeah, and I don't know if you heard that part of it, but like basically, I did a Jesus joke or something like that. I don't even remember what the joke was. It was something like, like what if you got a splinter and he was mad because he's a good carpenter or something like that. It was something like that. But like my friend who was booking the open mic at the time said, "Hey, they were offended. They don't want you back," and I was banned. Found out like two years later, it was total bullshit. He was the one that said that they didn't even say anything about me. He was basically keeping people down because the more new people he brought in, the more time he got. What the fuck? So, but I didn't know that till like for like two years. But it kept me from comedy. Like it basically shut me down. Yeah, that's awful. Um, and so that kept me for a long time from doing this kind of shit. So I'm very mindful of kind of stuff people doing that or gatekeepers or anything like that. I'm yeah. very sensitive to that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, I'm aware of it. I try to. Be careful, and that's also as like, you should be. If you're if you're one of those people that is aware, yeah, of those things going on, because I'm not, because yeah. I'm still super new. Yeah, but I mean, like, and you're newer, yeah, but you've been doing it just a little bit longer, and you do see certain things. And I'm excited about Brickdown. It's gonna, it's literally going to kill Looney Ben. I honestly feel it is. Yeah, if it's they're doing, they're booking so much bigger guests. I mean, they have David Tell coming. My, really, David Tell's my idol. David, David Tell, Tell is awesome. my favorite comedian. Hell yeah, um, just it's hands down. To have. Uh, Dude, Skanks for the Memories, his first album. I still think it's probably my favorite and the, one of the best comedy albums ever made. Yeah. Start would, to finish. I would agree. It's up there. It's really good. For Even sure. now, it still holds up. It just, it's oh, so I, perfect. I listened to it a few months ago, and it, like you said, it still holds up. Yeah. Um, I wrote, like, in my high school yearbook, My I, I have a quote from that album. <laughs> I, uh, I always put into the yearbooks. I was like, uh... Remember when you grow up thinking your dad's Superman, and then you or remember when you think your dad's Superman, then you grow up and realize he's just a drunk who wears a cape. <laughs> I wrote that in everybody's yearbook. I was like, going to say you were probably the only person writing David Tell quotes yeah. in yearbooks, yeah, which is awesome. But like, yeah, like, like honestly, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to be there. Um, Bad Friends Live is coming to Oklahoma City. I'm gonna try to be there, like for Bobby Lee and yeah. Andrew Santino. Like again, these are my like, idols, and they're coming to Oklahoma, and like, yeah. The Bricktown's going to book them. They're going to Bricktowns. Yeah. Well, that was why it was so cool for me to get to see Tim. Yeah. For him to be someone that I look up to so much and for him to be so close. And I think it was at Bricktown in Oklahoma City. It's There's a certain level. We... It's gonna. That's kind of like why I wanted this. Like, yeah. if I'm ever going to get Bobby Lee or Sterling Harjo or any of those, like, my bucket list guys on here, yeah. I got to get the following up. But I got to let them see, like... There's a certain level of seriousness that this is an actual set. You've actually got a set. You're actually putting on a serious show. You're yeah. not fucking around. It's like, not just like, hey, Bobby Lee, how was it like on Mad TV? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're not just over there fangirling, yeah. like, losing your mind, incapable of having I mean, I'm totally going to suck him off, but that's, of course. Yeah, that's yeah, just the responsible implied. host to do. Of course. <laughs> It'd be ashamed of you if you didn't. Uh, wrapping up a little bit. Uh, where can they find you at? I'm at just Grant Wilson on Facebook. Uh, I believe Grant Wilson, the G and the W are capital 81 on Twitter. Nice. And that's about it. Come and watch a show. Nice, uh, man. And then we're going to both be fresh faces. Come out and see us, guys. Well, guys, I have been Jared Ralphie Allen. He has been Grant Wilson. It's been Dude, it's been a pleasure. Absolute pleasure, my friend. I've had a great time. Thank you so much for being on Unloading Meat, guys. All right. I thank you so much for being on Unloading Meat. Guys, thank you for watching Unloading Meat. Peace. I'm loading the meat. 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 I'm loading the meat.